0: It would uh, it'd be real easy for me to come out here and say how much I love CM Punk, how much I respect him. It'd be real easy to tell you how much I look forward to shaking his hand in this ring, how much I look forward to standing across the ring from the best in the world at Double or Nothing. And it would be real, real easy to tell you how much I'm looking forward to having an all-time classic for the AEW World Championship, but that's not going to (laughs) happen. At Double or Nothing, there's not going to be a handshake. At Double or Nothing, there's not going to be a masturbatory Bret Hart tribute match. (laughs) I am going to destroy CM Punk I would
1: like to call out the number one contender.
0: Well, we know who that is, fellas. Serena Deeb secured her spot in that number one ranking last
2: Wednesday night when she defeated Hikaru Shida in that-
0: It's been a long time, champ. Yes, it's been a long time. Yeah. And I've watched you scratch and claw your way to the top. And you have earned exactly where you stand right it now. did earn it. And you know what? I truly believe that we can make this the best women's division in the entire world. I, I totally agree with that, Serena. But in order for that to happen, the best women's wrestler in the entire world needs to be champion. So what are you telling me, Serena? Don't you see? Doesn't indicate that I am the best wrestler in the world today? I'm on another level. I am in a class all my own. And it's about time that I have the championship to show that. The crowd
2: chanting Hookhausen already, made their own shirts. Ah Yes, Hookhausen, that sounds
3: good, I think I made that up.
2: That's, uh, yes, so perhaps you could be in Danhausen's corner.
3: Floor though, floor though. Lordo!
0: Though. Lordo! Though. Lordo! Though. Lordo! 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 Oh bro, Dusty's
3: Dust my, my mentor.
0: The Top of Wrestling, with your host, OGM 8V Professor.
3: Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs>
0: I want to be a podcaster. Yay! His name is
3: Kenta. I'm going to call him
2: Kenta. Dynamite, drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you.
3: <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. <laughs> oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything
2: <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses.
3: <laughs> That's
0: funny
2: <laughs>
3: Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife.
0: <laughs>
3: That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording.
0: What a dick.
3: I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me, and me <laughs> hard.
2: I need a minute to recover off that.
3: What kind of game is it? War games!
2: Let a war!
0: War games!
3: are impressions yeah I know that's the only thing I've said in the last half hour bark like like a dog
0: dog. (laughs) (laughs) oh 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 jeeks holy shit how did that actually happen here we go
2: Ahoy, my boys! Welcome back! The band is back together! If you're here, you know what I'm talking about. Last week, I would consider it a shit show, but that's just because it was a one-man show, so, you know, kind of a little biased on that. But this week, ladies and gentlemen, ODM is back with us. It's the Top of Wrestling, and you know what that means. We're here to bring you the top of the news, We'll bring you some top topic, and this week we're talking the top of the Monday Night Wars back 25 years ago the go-home show for WCW for Slambory, I, I believe is what the, the show going home is. I was going to mix up you have that in Super Bowl, but it's definitely Slambory. And of course, the Hart Foundation is still pissing off everybody in the United, State, uh, United States and everybody on Raw. Other than that, we have a lot of good shit going on this week, and we may even get to hear from the Nightwing, a little uh, off week because he was expecting that it would just be myself again this week, and he thought he'd help us out. And that's my man. I appreciate that. But ODM said, "Fuck it, fuck it." Thrown in the towel. I'm going as far as I can. I've done. As, I've done everything I can. 136 hours with no sleep. There's not a drug in the world that can help me stay awake that long. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM.
3: This is blood for blood, and by the gallons. These are the old days, man, the bad days, the all-or-nothing days. They're back. There's no choices left, and I'm ready for war. But not the Monday Night Wars I didn't get caught up with. Was that a, a, a quote from a movie? It was. A little old school there. What movie did I miss out on here? Ah, it might be on our list for upcoming discussions.
2: Lawrence of Arabia, British... Oh, never mind. You did that one already. Oh, do you Oh, you want to use Oscar? Sylvester Stallone classic? No? Too soon? All right. Hey, maybe I'm... Uh... I I i did not mention, you know, I said today we have not only top of news, but we also have, with that top topic that I mentioned... Mm-hmm. I might as well tell you what the top topic is. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> We're gonna count down over the last 35 years. What is the greatest year in WWE history? When I say countdown, ODM, in honor of you having a motherfucker of the last two weeks for work, it's gonna be one of the best top top, top topics that you'll ever sit <laughs> through. It's all dedicated to you.
3: You going be like With the that? Guy being in the, said, you gonna be like the guy in the <laughs> micro machines commercial. <laughs>
2: It goes really fast. I I couldn't even, even try. I love when they did that, and then they also had... Wasn't he the same guy that like you, you could learn to speed read? Same kind of thing. You know, oh, I, I, know. I, I love those infomercials. Yeah. Oh, I miss those all. Oh, good days. Good days. Anyway, um, hey, man. I, I know that you haven't really caught up on Monday Night Wars. That's fine. You're going to catch up, you said, this weekend. And I'm going to take the reins and, you know run with the ball on that one but did you at least bring any news to the table this week or am i carrying all that shit too
3: well yeah i know i've got some notes i figured i had to come back correct and talk about some shit that's going on in the world today we're going to start with one that i actually heard you bring up and it was one of those fucking things where you record on a monday and by the time the episode drops news has changed uh, oh i know what you're talking about yep, absolutely my
2: performance last week as a solo podcaster so <laughs> What are your honest thoughts? Do you think I I could make it in the world? Uh, Or I
3: need need you? Sure. (laughs) You need me for this. I need you. You could do a different (laughs) podcast by yourself. You'd be all right.
2: Just just... ranting
3: and raving and being pissed off. (laughs) Drunk. Oh, that sounds fun. (laughs) Well, it's funny (laughs) that you mentioned that because our buddy, you know, Wheezy, he, uh, he had said something. He's like, hey, he's like, when are you going to have me on the podcast? I'm like, well, you don't know anything about wrestling. So, I mean, why don't we just do a podcast here? I figured I'd just bring a mic over and we just get shit-faced for three hours and just record. You would get some good sound bites out of it at least, you know. But
2: <sighs> Okay, quick story. Um, oh, man, this is a good one. Oh, man. <laughs> Former, I, I, you know, I don't like to say it, you know, and I even told Nightwing, I'm like, yeah, let's not really say it, you know, whatever, but we'll just say the old radio station I used to be yeah. on.
3: The new podcast. Uh,
2: that boy and, <laughs> that boy and the, uh, we'll just say one of the people, I, I won't say who, that boy, one of the guys and myself. We all went to the final 2CW show, and if there's a hint, that's all I can tell you if you figure it out. But we went to the final 2CW show, and that boy's like, how about we just record this for fun and see if anything, like the whole drive up there. Me, I've already had some chicken nuggets before I've entered thy vehicle and began drinking. I'm like, well, you know, not driving, so let's, let's get this day going. And nothing noteworthy other than the other radio personality admitting some really crazy sexual experiences just out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, I just look down at the thing and I look up at that boy. I go, Is that recording? He goes, Yeah, I go, I need
0: a copy of this.
2: We'll just—I all I'm gonna say. This is the best way I could give you. This is the—it's. I'm not even gonna say it because even for this podcast, it's too fucked up. She likes the taste of. That's all I can give you. That's and and that's not even even what you're thinking. Most likely isn't even what it is. That's what's Uh, fucked up. Anyway, so good things and bad things can come of people sitting around drinking and just letting it rip. You know, like we have topics here to go through, but. I don't know. Between you and Wiesner, you guys may admit some weird shit on that recording that you may not want to have actually recorded.
3: Yeah, but that's the thing too. It's uh, we've known each other long enough, so I don't think anything would be a major surprise. <laughs> All of a sudden, you guys find out it's therapy session. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> we've done that you too. We've done that peel? already. Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Key and I said, bitch. Wait, you said, bitch, right? <laughs> Stupid ass bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, man. What do you got for news? My All man, right. please, so, go yeah. on. Uh,
3: Vice TV is apparently committed as ever uh, to continuing Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, they basically, uh, Vice TV put out a tweet. We've heard some rumors flying around about season four of Dark Side of the Ring. We are as committed as ever to both the series and the broader Dark Side franchise. Evan and Jason are hard at work making more content that we know our fans of the series will love. Stay tuned. So We listened
2: to... The professor, Mark Fantasia, last week on his Top of Wrestling podcast where he said that we apparently would not be doing any of it, and we'd like to correct you all. You didn't read that note, but that's what yeah. they said. They said we, we, we know. <laughs> uh, all no, right. it's really funny. I just get done saying it last week, <laughs> and know. now here you are
3: correcting me. I Your first you. news note of the week, you're here to correct me. <laughs> well, you know, that one had to go first, obviously, because, it, again, it was I think one it's of those awesome. things. By the time you recorded it and from the time that I it released, that, that tweet had come out. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so apparently, uh, eight, you know, there's been discussions about the, the Time Warner takeover of, of, of TBS and TNT uh, or whatever the takeover was Warner Media. Brought, I don't fucking know. Somebody took over somebody. Uh, and there have been discussions on whether or not, you know, the AEW shows are going to continue or get renewed or something like that. Um, and there's, you know, and it seems like, you know, that's kind of been put to bed somewhat. Uh, but apparently AEW is going to have a new show coming into TBS, and it sounds like it's going to be another rea- reality-based show. Um, there's a bunch of names I didn't <laughs> write them down that are being speculated on. Um, but the uh, the tagline that's been put out by AEW is, AEW's top performers are ushering in a new behind-the-scenes wrestling series like no other. Every episode will track our core cast on the road at AEW events as they try to hold onto the titles. They have or win back the ones they've lost, with everything culminating at the biggest pay-per-view event of the year. They all hope to walk away champions, but there aren't enough belts for everybody. Heroes will rise, villains will fall, champions will be crowned, and with more access, more star talent, and more drama than ever before, we'll see it all through the eyes of the biggest names in the company. Wow. Okay, I'm fine
2: with that. I thought at first, when you started saying this and you said a reality-based show, I thought well, first I had this stupid, you know, the wipeout challenge kind of thing. Like what Cody's been doing <laughs> that was following. Yeah. Oh, up, Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. Right? And I, I yeah. was like, oh, no. Um, and then I kind of saw this as like maybe it's a tough enough series. Right. And then but now you're saying it's more about the, just the. Well, really, it's a fucking total divas. Thanks. What you guys are doing <laughs> is you're doing that. We already know that's scripted. You're basically saying you're going to do total elite. Man, I bet you 20 bucks. That's what they call it. Oh no! Nah. Oh, oh, it's going right under Rhonda's leaky tits, right in my. <laughs> Rhonda's leaky tits. <laughs> um, yo, you want to make a show? How about this? A wrestling show that maybe, just maybe, you can split up some of the rosters and make do with the 180 people you have on your roster right now. Yeah. Because now we're letting people go. Wow. Well, Dude, did you see who? Did you see who's gone now? Uh, Stu Grayson. Stu Grayson. Yeah. He was actually the one that could d- wrestle. About, the two uh, of them. I know. Out of Joey Janela. Uh, man, there was one other person. It was people that I didn't care for. Oh,
3: uh, and he- it wasn't. An- was it Helico or the other dude?
2: <laughs> Jack other Evans. Dude. Jack Evans. Yeah.
3: Which was funny because
2: Helico was in a tag match later that mm-hmm. that night, the same day. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Either way, I don't know, man. I'm like just just get a show, get, make make a show that's wrestling. I don't need a reality based one. Yeah. How about the reality is you have way too many people on your roster?
3: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because that actually kind of factors into the next piece of news. Uh, You know, we've been talking about the AEW video game that's being developed, uh, and uh, it's called AEW Fight Forever. Not crazy about the name, but that's fine. Uh, I'm going to kind of bounce around because I got a few notes here. Have you seen any of the screenshots of the game or
1: any of the gameplay?
3: Uh, The character modeling that they're showing us right now is atrocious. Now, I'm hoping that those are just demos and it's not done. But the way that the new 2K game for WWE looks, they've got a lot to live up as far as the graphics. Um, so hopefully that gets uh, ironed out because the character modeling right now is terrible. Absolutely terrible.
2: It kind of looked to me like when I saw a picture of Kenny Omega and how <laughs> buffed up his chest was. It reminded me of the... WrestleMania all-stars video game that they made where everybody was like seven foot and majorly jacked up and one punch sent you to the moon. That stupid game that came out. That's what that reminds me of when I started seeing some of these screenshots. Now I did see some really good looking ones of like Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. You know, so there's been, I've seen crisscross of pictures, you know, good stuff and bad stuff, but uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like they, they're They're worrying about putting that out again. Can you worry about a company first? Can you worry about producing stuff before you want to say, Hey, buy our video game based on what we do? Because I don't know, you got to keep up the good work. You can't just go half in now. Go, All right, now we're going to open this. We're going to open that. What are you going to go public next? I mean, I'm just saying, like, just slow your roll you don't need a video game right now
3: yeah part of the problem with that is that Omega is big into video games and he's actually been involved in this project and apparently isn't getting along very well with uh uh the, the game company and Aubrey Edwards uh prior to becoming a ref on the Indies was a video game oh programmer. Aubrey Manson I'm sorry I didn't know he meant when you said Aubrey Edwards <laughs> I, um it's a but yeah people. but see and, so anyway, referee so there They're apparently believed to be way over budget. Uh, Some of the features have been cut or reduced. um, And one of the issues reported was the game's roster size. (laughs) That The title had...
2: (laughs) Oh, my God! No (laughs) shit! Does it not just match
3: up to life? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, 50 playable characters, and one of them is going to be Owen Hart. So for that alone...
0: Wow.
3: That alone...
2: No, no, forget what I said a couple minutes ago about focus. On, no, focus on that. That's a good idea, man. You guys should really produce a video game that has Owen Hart. I like it. All right. Uh well,
3: speaking of Owen Hart, damn, I don't know if I did this on purpose or not, but goddamn, it's working out. Segways. <laughs> Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament and Women's Tournament brackets. Actually, I think has just the men's tournament bracket been revealed or is the women's all set too?
0: All of
2: them. Yeah, they're all All of them are these all are, set. are all They're all set here. Yeah. So, and so, and I, as you kind of see how I put it in the notes, I have them separated because yeah. with the lines, it's letting you know who's going to face who. So, right. In the first part of the bracket for the men's, Kyle O'Reilly will be taking on Phoenix and Samoa Joe takes on Joker. So, I assume it's uh what's his name? The guy that played the Joker in 2019
3: Jeez Christ. Here's the thing with the no. Joker um, man. Um no, I, Hang on, I'm going
2: to get to that in a minute. Hang on. The winners of those two matches between O'Reilly, Phoenix, Joe, and Joker, they will face off against each other. And then the other part of the bracket is Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. And then Darby Allin versus Jeff Hardy. I think they weren't smart and pissed away that match early. I think I would have put that to the semis. Just... If I were choosing things. Yep. Um, We're going to talk it out, I guess. Let's. uh, Who do you think is the Joker? What are your thoughts? I know who I personally think is the Joker. I am going to give credit to someone because I can't to give to I can't the woman's Joker. Someone brought it up in a text to me, little John. And I go, oh, shit. Absolutely. That's a great name. Right. Um, But I want to hear you first what your thoughts are.
3: Okay, so for the men's, I'm just going to start by saying this is a diff- difficult one to pick because if you're teasing a Joker, they're taking on Samoa Joe. Joe just got there. Joe just won a title. So you're going to mm-hmm. debut this Joker to lose to Joe? It just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I don't. I don't. Oh, like I got the... it.
2: I already got it. So I'll just give you it now. You want to hear it? Because I'm not even going to wait then. If, yeah, that's, sure. if you Let me tell you who it is. It's going to be Claudio. It will be Cesaro. Hang on. And you're like, well, wait, you're going to come in and lose to Joe? Who the fuck said Joe was going on to win?
3: So you're going to Joe have has had an ongoing...
2: Joe has been having nothing but an ongoing feud with Jay Lethal. Lethal will fuck him over. Okay. And no one's going to care that Joe lost in this tournament because it's going down the road with the feud. He's still the Ring of Honor TV champion. Cesaro's on to the next round.
3: So I was going to say Cesaro or Miro returns.
2: That little John called Miro. That's funny yeah. that you say that. You and him both had that name. That's really funny. Wouldn't be shocked if it's him either, and I'd be okay with it. I would prefer Cesaro only because I like Cesaro. Um, Fair enough. Kyle O'Reilly versus Phoenix. I just I, I just personally see Kyle O'Reilly going on. They're going to really? try to tease that, yeah, I think they're going to try to tease that it's going to be undisputed elite in the end.
3: Hmm. No, I'm picking Phoenix. I don't
2: want to say that, but I'm saying that's probably what it's what it's looking like.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Phoenix. He just got back from injury.
2: Well, yeah, if he doesn't break anything between now and
3: then. He <laughs> doesn't kill himself on TV. I think
2: Adam Cole definitely goes on. And between Darby and Jeff, definitely Darby. Yeah, I agree It'll with that. going to be Darby. Adam Cole versus Darby. Hmm. And then we're going to have Kylo, me personally, I think it's Kyle O'Reilly, but you think in and Phoenix, it could be either or, versus I personally think Cesaro, which is Joker. I think Adam Cole goes to the finals.
3: I think Dax Harwood goes to the finals. Get the fuck out of here. I wouldn't be surprised if Dax wins the whole thing. Oh my God. Ooh. Calling it.
2: Someone's trying to get into the uh, hey.
3: the prediction column. I can see it happening. They want, okay. If they want it right. to mean something, that would mean something.
2: I just personally think Darby and Jeff I would have held off a touch with, but yeah. whatever. It's, You know, It's. I wanted to say this to you one day, and I, I forgot. I made a meme on my own and then never sent it. Jeff Hardy said that he's done doing swanton bombs because it hurts his back. And I was like, oh, well, this just in? Taco Bell gives me the shits. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> All right. The women's bracket. All right, so you're calling Dax for the whole damn thing. Yeah. If it's not Cesaro as the Joker, I'm calling Kyle O'Reilly. All right. And I'd be okay with pretty much anybody at this point. Um... So the women's bracket, you got Tony Storm versus Jamie Hader. They've been pushing this one for weeks and weeks that I don't even care, but I assume it's Tony Storm going over. Yeah. Uh Baker or the Joker. What are your thoughts?
3: Uh, again, I got two names: uh, Jordan Grace. Just because I feel like I've mentioned that before, uh, I think she could be a threat in AEW. Or uh, Mia Yim. Ooh. Mia Yim did just show
2: up in Impact, too. Um, I am going to give the credit to Lil Jon, and I'm going to say I'm on his side because I love it. Athena. Ember Moon.
3: Yeah, there you go. That makes sense. Did you happen to watch
2: her interview with Chris? Is it Van Pelt? Is that his name? Uh, uh, Van Vliet. Or something like that. Whatever. Yeah, and that Pelt. guy. Either the one. one that was with Killer Cross yeah. doing the don't tell yeah. me that <laughs> yeah. He did an interview with her and she literally breaks down in tears talking yeah. about how um much like she bled for the company basically, but they want her to put on like she said the booty shorts and she's like, I right. fucking kids, man, like all this stuff. You want to talk about someone who could really use it and I think would be a great Wrestling asset. I mean, everyone talks nothing but wonders of her. Everyone speaks highly of her. I would absolutely like to see her come in, and if someone's going to go in and be able to go over Britt Baker, you can't be a Joker and come in and lose. You got to win. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so I would absolutely be okay if the former Ember Moon comes in and beats Britt Baker. You know, the crowd would go nuts. Oh, they would with the what is it? The Eclipse. The
3: Eclipse. One of the best finishers.
2: Love so good. the Eclipse. The other side of the uh, the tournament is
3: Riho, Riho.
2: <laughs> versus Destination Unknown. Ruby, 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 Soho. I just want Ruby to win because I don't like Riho and I like Ruby. Yep. Um. And then you got Red Velvet versus Hikaru Shida. I'm going to go ahead and say probably Hikaru Shida. She came off a great match, uh, match against Serena Deeb, but I would personally say there's no way that red velvet wins unless the baddies get involved because that is their group. Yeah. Winner of this entire thing. Tony storm.
3: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Tony storm or Ruby, so- Ruby, Soho, uh, or really something with Ruby, Soho, man.
2: I know, man. Well, she did get injured for a little bit and <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. It, it's, I saw some people, be. she actually like wrote back to something. Some people were like, oh, well, you're being wasted away. She goes, if you guys really think so, that's fine. That's up to you. But I'm wrestling on dark. I'm still living my dream. I'm wrestling in front of different people all the time, and I'm having a good time. And I do get put on TV, whether it's a backstage segment or whatever. More push than I was in WWE. And look what they did in WWE. Rousey came in. She had a four-minute match against her as Ruby Riot, And all those, you know, like, and she was put to the curb. And then once Becky came in, oh, oh, you're out. And, and it was, she was put to the side. Yep. If she's having a good time, like we've been saying on this show, man, if you're happy, fuck it. Who cares? Absolutely. You know, kind of like Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I wanted him out of WWE. Have you seen the stuff he's doing right now with Elias? Elias Ezekiel? Ezekiel. <laughs> Last night I read that he that he did a uh,
3: Ken Owens. <laughs> Ken Owens!
2: God damn it! It makes me want to watch Raw, I swear to God. As stupid as God. that sounds, and you know, I was gonna say this to you, man. Ezekiel is gonna pay off. As much as you think it won't. First of all, has anybody mentioned the fact that he's wearing Ultimate Warrior Ultimate type? Warrior, uh, right? The uh what do you call it? the little how uh, long before they put paint things on his off his Oh, my God, I would love it. Anyway, well, new version, totally non-racist, 2022 version of The <laughs> Ultimate Warrior.
3: <laughs>
2: the Ultimate Unbiased Warrior. Anyway, I would say, I, it, it, worst case scenario, I would love to see Athena if she does come in and, and win it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to say Tony Storm, and you're thinking more Ruby?
3: I'm really conflicted. I, I would think Ruby just because she's... Uh, yeah, I got cool on. One. I don't know. I'll say Ruby just to, to call the other side. All right. Well,
2: I can't wait to see how you segue to this next part.
3: Oh uh, there is no way to segue to this. Freddie Prince Jr. is uh, has a plan to start his own promotion in the next 18 months no less. Uh, so <laughs> basically his promotion, uh, some of the things that he has publicly declared that he is planning to do, uh, two hour shows. The storylines would be based in reality. Good luck with that one. Uh, the goal would be get to get a TV deal. Uh, he doesn't think it's going to happen before production begins, though. Uh, time on the show will be split equally between the men and the women. He wants to bring in a booker because he can't trust himself to plan out a, a pro wrestling show. Uh, and in a departure, all wrestlers would be members of the Screen Actors Guild, which would entitle them to insurance and medical benefits.
2: Okay, that's fine. I thought you were going to say in order to get an award. Yeah, Um, hold your breath on that one. uh, I very seldomly do a good job at impersonations, okay? But I'm going to try my hardest right now to impersonate ODM. Boo! (laughs) Bad idea, Freddie. Bad idea. Everybody's trying to start a fucking promotion. He's doing it. Who else? You brought it up before the show. Who else is trying to run a promotion? A.O.P.? Hey, come to our school. We were on TV for 16 months. Well, <laughs> not really. We were under contract that long. We were on TV for 16 days.
3: I liked him when they had uh, Ellering with them.
2: Yeah, then they fired Ellering. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you want, in a couple of weeks, the top of wrestling, we are going to be starting our own wrestling school and promotion. We could teach you everything you need to know. And you know what? We'll split up the time even differently. We'll go 80% for the women, 20% for the guys. Totally different. Look at that. We started a new thing. Jesus. Uh, All right. Yep. Any positive news we have this week?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Positive news is that the dumb bitch is going to get what she's finally got coming to her. At least I hope she does. Tammy Sitch has officially been arrested. Uh, She's got nine charges um, after causing the death of somebody. Yeah. some of the charges are uh, DUI causing death of a person, DUI manslaughter, driving with a suspended or revoked license causing death or serious injury, and seven counts of DUI causing damage to a person or property. She's facing 30 years if convicted. Bond is set at 200000 for the manslaughter charge, 27.5 for the other charges. Uh, hopefully she gets locked up. If, if, she, if she gets through, if she does not get charged on this, then it's just one more confirmation that the system is broken.
2: Did you see the video of her uh her being arrested and she has to say her name? No. She's like they're like names, she's like Tamara. Like Sitch. Like she's just because sounded like she smoked like an entire pack of cigarettes just Jesus. prior to them pulling her. Because she's so fucked up and drunk and shit. Right. But yeah, I saw the video. Wasn't as good as her <laughs> other video, but I still finished. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. I'm going to get a lot of backlash on that one.
3: Yeah, if you watched Backlash, you probably didn't finish. Uh, We'll just (laughs) play through these these results. (laughs) I don't
2: even want to talk about the results. Hang on. Wait, wait. I did see that they decided you know what? You know what's better than championship belts coming off of WrestleMania? Our main event being a six man tag, meaning fuck all yeah yeah you know what let's just have someone who talked uh, who actually uh the show we'll have them talk about it Nightwing you're back again this week bring it on me
0: nobody in the whole building but us Nightwing Wing eh
2: it's Nightwing
0: really huh guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have yeesh that was like a whole decade of bad hair days this is such good shit.
1: Hey everybody! This is Nightwing. I actually review Backlash, and i ain't here the morning after. Not even had my coffee yet, so I can go ahead and get this recorded for you guys. So let's just jump right on into it. The first matchup: Cody versus Seth Rollins. I gave it a 3.75 stars. The reason I did that is because, well, it was nothing really new. It was two pros putting on a basic, of good, solid match, and it just um, it had the, all the right elements. Nobody used anything new. Nobody broke out anything that they haven't used in a long time. And uh, they just, you know, it was just solid. The big thing that I did see in that match that I really, really liked is the fact that they used some of the old school rules with the rope breaks and the ring count, um, count outs and stuff like that. And uh, it was the right booking. So that's why I gave it a solid 3.5, uh, 3.75. But I will have to say that WWE actually semi-acknowledged uh, AEW and New Japan with Corey's comments about ring rust. They were like, what has he been doing for the last six years? Obviously, Cody's been in the ring. Match number two, almost versus Lashley gave it a 2.5. They had too many botched camera angles on, Lash- on Lashley's entrance. They showed way too much. And, uh, Almost did a cookie cutter big man match. I mean, Lashley wrestled as a small man, which we've never seen. And the MVPs had too many warnings on the outside from the refs. Like, they were like, at one point, they said one more thing and you're gone. He did one more thing and got caught, and they still didn't eject him. So I don't know what was up with that. I think the match went way too long. Almost looks very weak because of MVP. And where does this feud go from there? Where's the feud with MVP or Lashley or almost and lashley what's going on after this the whole thing just kind of felt very pointless edge versus aj styles solid four um star match to me edge had a very good new entrance which i haven't really seen it lately because i haven't been able to catch a whole lot of raw i've watched the edited version so sometimes they edit it out i think that it was a good speed versus a ground type match i mean yeah it was, it was solid. It was just solid all the way around. I didn't know I actually needed to see that match. The uh, commentary was actually way overselling the shoulder injury about the forearm. Because let's remember, the phenomenal forearm is a right arm injury. I mean a right arm move. And AJ had a left arm injury. So I think they just way overselled it. Um, I think the best angle I've ever seen from the camera was when AJ did the calf crusher and got the rope break. That was the most detailed I've ever been able to see that move. And I really, really like that. Definitely like the uh, sleeper crossface combination, and uh, Ripley joining Judgment Day is definitely money. Flair versus Rousey, I mean, it was an okay match. Didn't really care about it, it just seems like they need to do some more with it. It was just kind of generic and boring. Um, Before the match even started, I said to myself, somebody else needs to be elevated into that title picture. Um, With the kendo sticks, Samurai um, Rousey was actually pretty funny, but... I guess overall I will give that a solid 2.25. Moss versus Corbin, didn't care, almost fell asleep, 1.0. RK Brew and Drew McIntyre versus the Bloodline. Uh, my first thoughts were was it for the belts? Um because that wasn't really detailed out. They just said that Drew McIntyre got added in and therefore Roman got added in because they were supposed to be combining the tag belts. Um the pacing was actually really really good and i actually like that i was waiting for it just the pacing that up front made me wait like there was some kind of swerve or run-in or something gonna happen obviously it didn't but it just the pacing made me think that it was the that rko and roman reigns when roman reigns tried to do superman punch was really good my biggest question of matches is, is riddle overselling or can he just take a damn good beating the again the pacing just goes back up and back and forth it, it kind of sets you up for the match and I think it was a good use of hidden tags. And I'm not talking about just the finish with a hidden tag. I'm talking about all the way through the whole match. There was hidden tags. So I thought that was really, really good. Anyway, guys, let me know what you think.
2: Coolest thing coming out of it for me was actually just seeing the clip of Rhea Ripley revealing herself to yeah. Edge and, and the crew. I thought it was awesome. <clears throat> I like it. And and all signs have been, you know, they they there was a rumor a while back that it was going to be Ripley, Priest, Edge. And Tommaso Ciampa, we're there. So, and Champa keeps getting pushed on Raw. Man, he may be the next, and I'm okay with the stable. I think it's pretty cool. Mick Foley's on board. It's one of those things that when you see Mick Foley tweet about something, he's like, this is a big thing. This is one of those things that you guys need to watch now because in years you're going to be talking about it. He was that way about the new day. And look where they went. You know, things like that. He, when he gets behind things, listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. If he's on board with this Judgment Day stable, I'm in.
3: That's cool. It's better but than yeah. the House of Black.
2: Uh man. I I don't know what it's to one of those things that you want to like, but yeah. it's kind of hard to. Yeah, you know, mopeds, fat girls, whatever. Anyway, what else you got this week?
3: <laughs> All right, well, we talked about Mia uh, making her impact return. Uh, you had some notes in there. Uh, the former Bronson Reed, AKA Jonah has finished up with, uh, impact, uh, where he goes to next Who? maybe he's the Joker. Who knows? You know what? I actually for real see him going back to WWE. I don't think he'll go back to WWE. I think he's just going to float around cause he did some new Japan stuff. He did his impact stuff. He might do ring of honor.
2: What if though? They because they're trying to get the big beefy men and they're trying to revamp everything on Raw. He just skips the NXT thing. He never even made it to the main roster. Like repackage him and call him, uh, Jebediah or whatever they want to.
3: I, I I you know it'd be worth it just to see what they name him.
2: God, I actually hope that's the exact name because that would definitely be a prediction.
3: Uh any other news One more Mr. Veneer chiclet face himself Roman Reigns <laughs> I just choked on my chews chick- <laughs> You like that <laughs> Uh there's been a lot of fucking talk about Roman Reigns lately He was in a house show in Trenton uh over the weekend and He could basically cut a promo saying this might not be back in the state due to starting a new phase in his life, and everybody thought he was retiring, he's going to AEW, he's sick again, this and that, this and that. No, basically what's happening is he's taking the next couple months off, and his new phase is that he just signed a new contract. And it's going to allow him to work fewer dates and fewer house shows. So he's basically going to get the Brock Lesnar schedule. And you can't fault him for that. He's in a position to get that. He is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, names in pro wrestling across the world.
2: He's their biggest draw in WWE. 100%. He is their draw. So the rumor is like he's going to take like 10 weeks off. That's fine. Right now we are in May. Yep. Man, I don't even know what fucking month it is anymore. I traveled all the way back uh, to New York and I in the R V and <laughs> it's been rough. But uh we're in May. He takes ten weeks off. It built us right into SummerSlam. SummerSlam. I don't need him at, I don't need him every, every show. We're fine. How about? That's good. Let's how about we build other stars? Hmm. Now who he faces and all that when he gets back, whatever. But first the the thought that he was gonna retire, AEW, all that shit. Ray ain't leaving home. He's not leaving WWE. But he's smart, man, to to take this time right now. I don't think he's going to have the full-blown Roman treatment where he only has to work pay-per-views. I think that he'll work more than that. But you're a smart man to do that right now if you can. You're in the position. I would do Mm -hmm. it too. Um, But one thing I want to bring up that I kind of forgot is having to do with uh, Roman in SummerSlam. But did you happen to hear the exact wording for Money in the Bank promo,
3: for the Money in the Bank promo. No, I I saw something in passing, you know, as I typically do and just didn't check it out. But basically, it alluded to something that some of the stipulations might change, and it sounds like Cody might have a hand in that.
2: And Cody's voice in the promo says, and the winner has a chance to main event WrestleMania. Hmm? So I'm almost like if now because WrestleMania is a two-night thing, if you win money in the bank contract, you can either cash in right now at some point, like or like do that or you have a guaranteed slot at one of the nights at WrestleMania. Oh. Kind of not a bad idea if that's what they're doing with it because I think the briefcase has been pretty played out at this point. They've exhausted all good options exactly. and every time they put it on someone, it fails. Yep.
3: Oh, and it's failed. I'm okay
2: with with this option, if that's what you're going to do, we'll, but I don't know. We'll we'll find out what their plan is. Um, but the tournament does begin tonight for AEW. We have the the Ooft tournament. Owen Hart Ooft, and let me ask you a question. It's beginning tonight, and it's ending at Double or Nothing, which is May 29th. You have. Get back here! Uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, tw- no, well, you know, however many matches. Eight. After all said and done, Seven can matches. you get all these matches done with semis before this, or are they going to do semis and main ev- and finals on the same night? Because me oh, no. personally, I'm a fan of a tournament. You want to do a tournament, then I think King of the Ring kind of style. I think you should at least have semis, and finalists on the same night.
3: Yeah, I can get down with that.
2: I I mean, why not? You don't have to start, you know, building your card to do other things. We'll get to what else they got going on in AEW. But um, So either way, the reason I bring that up is time is short, and you only have three hours a week of what you're really producing. You know, Rampage is pre-taped so it's i don't know it's just you put some effort into this tournament is all i'm throwing out there but didn't go as i thought it was going to be i actually thought bobby fish was going to go in but jeff hardy with a swanton to hurt his back goes on uh blackpool combat club in another boring three-way match or six-man match uh with butcher blade and Helico, and i say boring because i'm just I don't know what's going on with this thing, but I've been seeing they're starting to point towards Trio's Tag Team Championships.
3: Yeah, there's been some news of that lately. I'd rather just have them win the fucking tag titles and just have it be the Freebird rule. That would be the better thing. Uh, The only thing I want to bring up about that match was Regal was on commentary. uh, And after uh, Daniel won with the the submission, Regal says, It's beautiful brutality. I just like that line. I thought it was cool. That would have been a better
2: name than Blackpool Combat Club. Well. yeah. Wardlow, continuing his streak against MJF and all of the bullshit that he's thrown at him. This time it was, exactly, I'm not even going to call, I'm not even going to put it in as I predicted it. Because it was every, I mean, when he said, the guy is seven feet yeah. tall and you can't teach that. I kind of don't get to predict that. Yeah. But it was Big cast or W. Morrissey, William Morrissey. I don't even know. Is he just William? It's William. Will Morrissey. Morrissey. Yeah. All right. He's facing he faced Will Morrissey. And as you heard in the top of our show, you get the chant of we want Enzo. No, we don't. I hey, he played to it, did the little shuffle and then get the fuck out of (laughs) here. I love that he did the get the fuck out of here thing. I've always liked him. I'm in if you haven't had the chance there's an hour-long version of him on the oral sessions with Renee and uh real good uh real good listen for a podcast she also interviewed FTR as well huh. but his podcast just dropped really good I, I think you should give it a listen not just you ODM everybody um Jericho beat Santana I'm still calling it right now man we we they keep gearing that it's showing that it's five to three five to three you can't tell me how I Come on, it's got to be homicide in Hernandez, please. Homicide has done sense. every other world or every other promotion out there. He's in MLW. He does shit in New Japan. Not far stretch. Um, you also heard at the beginning of our show. You know what? Fuck you, Hangman Page. How dare you say anything is a masturbatory <laughs> salute to Bret Hart? Because people are going to do his moves in honor of him and show some great classic things and they're not going to show buckshot lariats 20, 20 years from now. You know why? Because they're tired of your cowboy shit. Fuck off. That's all I got to say about his promo. I hope Punk beats him now for that fucking r- remark. Fuck you. Fuck you. All right. House of Black and Varsity Blondes. You got this promo where Varsity Blondes have had enough I'm not, I'm not kidding. That's really what it sounds like. A bunch of kids. We've had enough with the with, with House of Black and then them turn the lights off. And then when they come on and they beat our asses, and look what they did Julia. She's all possessed. And you may not like this, but I'm saying this, I liked it. I like that it's a slow build with this Julia Hart thing. She almost turned on the blondes, almost hit them with the chair, then didn't. And, you know, House of Black do their thing. It's going to be at the right time. She's going to turn, man. And, and I don't know how or I, what I think it's going to be, because if you didn't notice who came to the aid after that whole thing was Phoenix and Penta, mm, right? And then yeah. And that was a perfect little segue into the Phoenix match for him versus Don Dante Martin, and she was still somewhat in the ring. Then I go, huh, what's going to happen here? I think, I'm predicting this right now, that Julia Hart, is going to play a role in the six-man match between the House of Black and Death Triangle. The outcome will come down to Julia Hart. There you go. And she will reveal as the new House of Black member. That's my call. Um. But yeah, Ray Phoenix did go on against Dante Martin. Um, I tried as hard as I could, couldn't get the sound clip. Look at man, you and I have talked about certain sound clips we wish we could find. I spent about a good hour. I couldn't find the... Uh, I'm sorry, folks. I sneezed. I goddamn had to. Couldn't find it. Um, I could not find the sound clip from this week, which was JR, after Dante tried to get a pin and got a two count, and he goes, Okay, you get it. You didn't get the two. You didn't get the three. How many times has it happened? Move on. And I go, Yes. <laughs> yes. JR spewing what we have been saying for weeks. Yep. God, it was awesome. And I, like, I, as soon as you said it, I go, How can I get a fucking sound clip of this? I tried putting my phone to it. It sounded like dog shit, but either way, just a good moment to hear JR do that. Thank you, man. You're listening to this show, too. Everybody is. (laughs) Not only at Double or Nothing is CM Punk, the former leader of the Straight Edge Society, going to be vying for the world title. But his former straight-edge society companion, Serena Deeb, is going for the women's world title. I just thought that's kind of a cool note that both of them are going for the world titles at Double or Nothing. It's just kind of a, a giant turnaround because for her, I mean, she was let go from WWE. She was a coach. She circ- She did the indie circuit for a long time. Getting a major comeback and proving that she still has it, she is the professor, Serena Deeb. I said if anybody could give the the... A good fight against Thunder Rosa. I would love to see Serena and Deeb in there. This is perfect. Will both people walk away with the titles? Probably not. Probably just Punk if I had to say it. I don't think Rosa's going to lose this early. No, I don't think so either. But either way, that was pretty interesting. You know what's not interesting? (laughs) Main eventing with two women that people don't really know at all. Look at, I was okay if you want a main event with Joe and Suzuki. Difference. You main event with Mercedes Martinez versus Deanna Perasso, You're reaching, you were definitely reaching, thinking that that was going to be a main event segment. That could have been an opener match, and I would have been more happy with it. But it was what it was. But Mercedes Martinez actually ends up winning kind of another big uh turnaround in a career. You know, she was in Ring of Honor, and she was the OG woman in Ring of Honor, she was fighting guys when she was with uh LAX and everybody uh-huh. over there. So I'm okay. Yeah, I'm I'm liking that she ended up winning against Deanna. Just it's funny cuz they're like this is the undisputed women's Ring of Honor championship. I'm like you better just merge AEW and Ring of Honor real soon cuz this is going to get old quick. Now yep. I'm like there's going to be way too many champions. This is going to go back to the uh post WCW buyout so when You had the WWE the WCW Champs the w, uh, the tag Champs the TV the this and Everything on there and my favorite Quote was Mick Foley coming on and going Who doesn't Have a goddamn belt now I Loved it <laughs> <laughs> it was true That's pretty much what's going on in AEW soon so I'm like please don't Don't create a Trio six no. man tag Yeah, yeah do, do, do what you got going here uh, but with Dino, or with Rampage's past week, Ruby Soho and Tony Storm did defeat uh, Brett Baker and Jamie Hayter. Tony Nese challenged Danhausen, and as a part of another sound clip that you heard in the beginning, after Hook defeated J.D. Drake, Danhausen asks Hook to be in his corner, and you hear the chant of Hookhausen. Okay, hear me out. Some people, it, it's funny how. I read a, a another a quote Thunder Rosa compared her story with Britt Baker to an Austin Heart. Now look it, I'm not here to debate that she's 100% right or wrong, but if that's what she sees it as as her storytelling, right? Cool. That's fine. To FTR they had certain tributes that they said, you know, that 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 Brett in the Briscoes match was their Bretton Austin, which is funny. everybody keeps quoting that match. Um, not everything is going to be as the top tier of what that is, but where I'm going with this hook and Danhausen is your next rock and sock connection. I'm not saying that they I are on the same you level. That. <laughs> yeah, man, but it is, it's just the right comedy with just the right. I have to keep a straight fucking face. Go out here. People love me because I have that straight face and I'm an ass kicker. I'm an asshole, whatever with the rock or hook. Right. And you goddamn can't help but love mankind. You can't help but love Dan Housen. Them together. He gave him a fucking bag of chips with a bow on it. Tell me you didn't go, oh, my God, I'm sold. I'm in. This is the coolest shit.
3: I hate to say it because I really would like Hook to just take the serious path and do the comedy maybe on the back end of his career. Um, But it's still humorous and, you know, it's enjoyable. So I'm not going to piss on it too much. Well,
2: Okay. I got to take a steer to that. It's kind of like you know how some people like some people did comedy way too much in the beginning, and you couldn't do you couldn't take them serious in the end. Right? Like Will Ferrell, he does a serious movie real hard to work with. You know what I mean? And it took people some time to understand Jim Carrey is a serious person. Um, one person in particular, and that's not an actor, and my wife and I just had this conversation about this. Lady Gaga, she wanted to go so absolutely batshit crazy abnormal, right? Wearing a meat dress, all that shit. But when she stripped herself down to be regular, which roughly where she's at now, people are like, I like her. I respect her. That's cool. You got all the fun shit out the window, right? Not saying for Hook, get all that fun shit out the window, but doing both at the same time could be beneficial. Being stuck in just the ass-kicker, UFC-looking fighter, Taz, submission, son kind of thing is only going to go so far with his size having Danhausen there is just gonna add on. I, I like it. I personally think I I'm a that this is gonna be it's not the same as your rock and sock man, but god damn it, if there is a next thing in line, I think this is pretty close. It's better than Santino and Vladimir Kozlov, I'll well, tell you that.
3: We'll give you that. That's for sure. Um
2: Rio got into the qualifier against Yuki, Yaku, Sock, Saki, sock you, you, sock it to me, and I'll sock yeah, sock it, to it to you. you.
3: <laughs>
2: Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky have come to the agreement that they will face off for the TNT title. And I think that's actually tonight on Dynamite. Uh, I'm noticing if you keep catching Ethan Page is throwing some shitty looks at Kaz, mm. being like, because, you know, they keep doing their old handshake and stuff. Well, as he, said, he said to and,
3: him, he goes, SCU is dead, dude. He said that to
2: I gotta be honest. As much as I don't mind men of the men of the year, I would not also be upset if Scorpio Sky and Kaz realigned. Would oh, not absolutely. have an issue with it. I always like them as a tag. It's kind of like look at yeah. I, I get that Daniels and and Kaz can't tag together anymore, but it doesn't mean we can't. I mean we, we were okay.
3: <laughs> we were. Cool, <laughs> I, right? I was a
2: fan of them together. Yeah, we're so good, right? Uh, but in the main event, Jay Lethal defeated Kanosuki Takashita. How'd he do? Not bad. Ah, Takashita, and I got it right. Didn't even talk some shit. And at the end of it, Best Friends and Samoa Joe came out to make the save because, of course, Kali, Sanjay Dutt, and everybody else came out of the locker room as normal. You know, yeah. and that so. whole storyline. That's another reason why I'm saying it. Joe's getting fucked over against the whoever it is with the that Joker. Joker's not going to screw him over, but it's Cesaro. That's what I got to bring when I'm bringing to the table for this week so far, but I got a little something else I want to bring uh, to the table.
0: Just bring it, bitch! Oh my gosh, God!
2: Look at man, all I want to do is just sing one song to you this week. <clears throat> Reunited, and it feels so good. If I had to go with this again by myself, I'd probably quit, and you wouldn't have understood. Yo. I, it's really tough to do this job on my own, man. I, it's, it. You, I just, I don't like listening to myself talk. With you, it, it feels very non-work-like, uh, right? It's just bouncing off two guys talking, right? Like yeah. we said, you know, just shooting the shit, drinking some chicken nuggets, having a good time. Um... Really, I I felt like a narcissistic, a narcissistic asshole last week doing it. Well, this is my opinion, and this is what's going to happen, and these are all my <laughs> predictions. <laughs> Just say, man, welcome back. Thanks for being here, but uh, and also, but thank you, because you did do the back work, man. You got to show up and running on our platforms, because without you, we may not have had the chance to actually hear my voice on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you all subscribe, like, and share. ODM, what do you bring
3: to the table this week? Awesome. I hope you put the Welcome Back Cotter theme song in as, like, your intro to that whole spiel. It's a good show. <laughs> it was. You know, I had a different wife every week. Did you ever notice that? I am going you this- know
2: that this old house... They were actually working on different houses every week. All right.
3: I'm going to keep this. One short. other
2: thing. I got one for you. Why did Kevin Nash cross the street? He didn't. He fell towards quad. All right. What do you got?
3: Did you see he uh, tweeted a picture of him drinking with Amber Heard? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, I love that. He's getting involved in this. <laughs> the best two things that are coming out of this whole Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing is Kevin Nash. And pictures of Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poop, having to testify in court.
3: <laughs> or the one of her taking a line of blow off of a Kleenex on the stand. Did you see that one?
2: Yes, that and also the face that she gave. And it also looks like one of the Muppets, like go, hmm, the guy with the real long face. <laughs> Okay. All right, we're getting off the rails. <laughs> hang on, hang on. What do you? There's got to be something wrestling-wise you're bringing to the table, not Amber Heard, there right? There is,
3: and I'm going to keep this quick. I got <laughs> it's not good me. shit of the week, man. <laughs> Two things I'm going to bring up. One, you're doing the war, so I get to interrupt you during that whole segment. And before we get to that segment, I got to take a piss, on. So I'm going to keep this brief. The AEW World Title feels less important than the rest of the titles because it's on Adam Page. I say put the title on Punk, use him as a transitional champion, and then get it on somebody else that can carry that weight because Paige just ain't doing it, and it makes the title seem worthless.
2: I totally agree, to be honest with you. Um, I popped more watching Scorpio Sky get the TNT title back than watching any of the AEW Texas death matches that have happened Dude,
3: week after week. The tag titles are on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Jade Cardgill is probably the highest-profile title holder in AEW right now. I mean, Thunder Rose enough to take anything away from her, but yeah. Cut the shit.
0: (laughs) Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah. (laughs) You remember, Undertaker. Oh, yes, you do. I'm going to give you one more chance. One more chance for us to get back together. For me... No more chances, Uncle Paul. Tell us now. I have to do this. I have to do this. One more chance under treasure. If you do not accept this final offer, I'm going to do something that only you know, Undertaker. A secret that only you know. But I will reveal it to the whole world. Let me take this time to address Paul Bear. Paul, there are certain events that have occurred in the dark side that are better off never seeing the light of day. this garbage crying out loud something's happening Wait a minute. something is happening yeah you're
1: not kidding it is
0: we got another thing the real thing is here he's here live and now interview a fish off that's right hold the microphone now and I take care of Sting. let me a off towering he's, to be a death drop. he's oh. gone if you're smart eric run for your life yeah. Go get the rest of the cheese with the rest of the rat. Look, he turns his back on Bischoff. <laughs> it's a cold day in
2: hell. <laughs> I've been waiting for weeks to do that just to piss you off. Uh, ah, boo this. You didn't even watch, so you don't even get to say anything other than cutting me off, which I could say, honestly, it's a rude thing to do. I would never suggest doing that to someone. <laughs> um... This is gonna be interesting in multiple ways. One, other than last week, never really ran the wars where it's you know me doing most of the work that you do, and you know you interrupting as we yeah I guess that's a word for it. Interjecting information is what I would like to call it.
3: Okay, we'll go with that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's, that's, <laughs> Bullshit. Just go, just go. Um, uh, interjection of information here. So, what I uh, do want to say is. The other part that makes this a little rough this week. So, pal I been, you know, traveled all the way from Florida to New York in about six days in the RV. Now, everybody's like, well, that's nothing. We did multiple stops, had a good time. But when I had some downtime and the wife was driving the RV, I was like, I'm gonna pop up the uh, the computer, watch a cold day in hell and raw, and nitro to follow. Very easy, right? I'll take notes. Dude, this looks like a doctor has Parkinson's (laughs) disease. It's (laughs) fucking horrible. This is like... Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, doctors have bad... Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know if you're rolling your eyes at me or the the screaming in the background or something. Yeah, 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 pretty much. (laughs) All of it. Okay, no. So, I'm just saying... Bear with me if I happen to say something really odd and you're like, that doesn't make sense. You're right, it doesn't. I probably wrote it wrong, but we'll find out. We're going to work along this. I was trying to see this while you were taking your piss. I was like, let me see if I could read. That's not enough time. Oh, my God. There's too many notes. And the best thing, don't worry, on a white piece of paper, while sliding all over traffic, written completely in red. So it's really even harder to read. Okay, here we go. A cold day in hell. On Mother's Day, by the way. Done on Mother's Day is when they're watching this, or when they're having this, and it's in Richmond, Virginia. Only J.R. and Lawler are on commentary. Um, has that been a common thing with the pay-per-views, or am I missing it?
3: No, I thought they typically went with three on pay-per-view, but then again, you know, chicken nuggets. So. Sure, it's so kind of where I was at. I was like, I I don't know, man, I've Vince watched so much shit time now with all mother. this. Vince wanted to spend time yeah. with his mother. Sure, sure.
2: Sure. So they open up with Flash Funk versus Hunter Hurst Helmsley, who comes out with China, and they're quick to show the last night on Shotgun Saturday night, it was Triple H or Hunter versus Mankind. And the match ended when China gave a low blow to mankind. Now let's back ourselves up here. That's a that's a heel versus heel on shotgun saturday night. They're testing a little bit of waters, I feel like, because 97, look it, we don't have to play too hard a K kayfabe here. We know King of the Rings coming up in 97 here. Do you remember who wins? Uh,
3: the 90, fuck the 97, oh my God. isn't that Hunter?
2: Yes, thank you. And my point is, is that a lot of that begins off the feud with Mankind because they they believe they fight at the king of the ring. What I'm trying to say is I never knew that they tested the waters on Shotgun Saturday night with this and then with her giving him the low blow, making mankind look like a face. I say that because in like 15 minutes I'm not going to of of the show. He's a heel. It's just it was very interesting how they were doing this but also presenting it at the beginning of the pay-per-view. Yeah. I just found it very interesting. They're like, by the way, this is what happened on Shotgun Saturday Night. Normally, you'd be like, who gives a fuck? But I think they're trying to test to see if mankind can maybe become a face. That's kind of what I'm thinking in my head. Um, and then it begins with them saying that the front row. Oh, wait, by the way, they called the low blow by China to mankind. They go, you know, that's a, a, a Galata, right? Yeah, uh, only like. A month or two prior to this, maybe, was when Madison Square Garden became a fucking riot between Riddick Bo and yeah, Andrew Pilata from- with like three consecutive oh, low dude, blows. Oh, dude, I
3: remember that they were throwing chairs into the fucking ring. Uh, Lou something—I can't remember his name—the
2: uh—the uh, coach or not coach, a uh, trainer had to be carried out in a fucking stretcher and they were trying to carry him over the riot and he was, like, falling out of the stretcher. It was, like, a scene out of, like, a WWE thing. It was weird. Um, and I remember Foreman getting in there trying to pull people apart and all this shit. I watched that live. And, like, with my dad and my my uncle. We all watched... I was like, what the fuck is going... I never expected that, man. Dude just came running in pissed off from Bo's corner and just punched Galata like, right in the ear. And then he got out of there and everybody else rioted look that up on youtube very easy to find great thing to watch it's fun i look up certain things every now and then that and the malice at the palace they just make you feel good about life when you're like oh yeah this (laughs) is why i don't go to sporting events (laughs) by the way i went to the cleveland guardians game the same day that you went to the red wings game there
3: you go That was pretty cool
2: and mine was i'm still wanting to call it the the indians but it's funny because it's the same uh park everything you know and and I look over to the left, I see the bleachers, and all I can think of is Randy Quaid. (laughs) "Ah, They're going to blow it in the ninth. (laughs) Okay, so onward and maybe upward with this match. So what's interesting is that uh, they mentioned that the Hart Foundation have front row tickets, and there's five seats just sitting there all empty, and they said they paid for the, the seats. They will be here when they want to tonight. Lawler goes, Brett had to pay. He goes, God, McMahon is so cheap. Hmm. We're just going to keep putting home that he's the owner, but not saying he's the owner. That's what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like the, each week they have not a fully officially said he is the owner, but they're giving you every hint in the world. Right. Uh, but Flash did this dive over the top rope and he hits Hunter and Hunter falls backwards on top of a cup of coffee cup, like a, a, a styrofoam cup and his back hits like right on top or over it I don't know if he knew it was there and sensed to just stop his back or if his back touched it. Nothing moved. It didn't spill. And all I could do was focus on this fucking coffee cup. But all I then started to think about was license to drive. Anderson, let me tell you something. I like my coffee, and I like it hot. If you spill one drop of this, you fail this test. That's all I could think of. <laughs>
3: wow, that was a throwback. Right?
2: No, right? Thanks, It's Dad. Uncle Phil. I got a
3: Mercedes, but she's driving a <laughs> It doesn't work, bro.
0: Get out of my dreams.
3: <laughs> That's a classic movie, dude. I love
2: that movie. Oh, my God. One of my favorite parts is when the old man is driving the the Mercedes. And he's drunk as fuck. Right? And he's going through everywhere. He's about to come up to the... Uh... uh traffic stop where they're checking for DUI and everything they're trying to catch up to him and he's singing the old school like Sinatra tune he's like I've been up and down and over and out and he goes where the fuck or he goes where the hell am I (laughs) I don't know why that just made me laugh every time he said that part again off the rails but good movie but my whole point is he did not knock that cup of coffee over Uncle Phil would have been absolutely proud of him in that movie but Triple H ends up getting the win Of course, because he wasn't going to lose to Flash Funk. Interesting part, though, is that after the match, China lifts Funk in the air. Now, look, I'm going to try the best I can to describe how this is. Um, Do you know how you would lift someone up for an atomic drop? How you lift their body, they kind of lift off of your shoulders, their hands are on your shoulders, and you're going to lift up for the atomic drop, but except you go waist out. Right? Like up in the air. Kind of half dirty dancing holding. Right? But they're holding on to your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. She lifted Flash Funk and held him in the air for about a good 20 seconds. And then walked him over to the rope in that position. And just crotched him on the top of the rope. I don't remember this. Why did they not show this more often of her? I thought that was a really cool thing. Maybe they, once Flash Funk left, they couldn't use footage of him. You know, I'm not sure what it is. But it's a really cool moment that I did not remember. Also... Didn't watch A Cold Day in Hell. Or, yeah, Cold Day in Hell. I've watched this pay-per-view once since this most recent time. So, it. And it back then even, you know, it was kind of a fast-forward version. It's the first time I've watched the entire pay-per-view. I took notes just for you, ODM, because I thought you weren't going to be here. Then you show up. Yeah, and yeah, so there it you go. All the work. See, appreciate You're it. still going to get
3: the fucking A on the project, you fucking <laughs> dick. <laughs> oh, the stampede's going through the house again. That's funny. I thought I heard that floorboards ever <laughs> um, option five
2: on the superstar line. You get the winners <laughs> and the losers of tonight. Spoiler alert. You're the loser. If you call that, they show you that earlier in the night on the free for all Vader and mankind attack shamrock because man, or cause shamrock and Vader are going to be facing off in a no holes barred type match tonight. That's what I mean. All of a sudden mankind just back to being a heel. Nothing about that low blow, all that stuff earlier. Like I said, I feel like they were just tiny testing the waters, but why would you show it at the beginning of the pay-per-view? I don't you know, keep on the right Don't make it's no sense. Throwing that out there. But then we get a match that I swear I never knew existed. You can talk about their I quit match in ninety nine. You could also talk about their empty arena match. You could talk about the night that mankind took the title from the rock on Raw and everybody went absolutely apeshit. But did you know on this night, Mankind and Rocky Maivia had a damn near 20-minute bout? I did not. Never knew that. And it was one of those matches that I don't think they even announced on Raw. They didn't because prior to it, they hadn't said anything about this. Right. This match was just there. Uh, It was good. So prior to it, JR mentions that Mankind used to jump off roofs with his friends back in the day. Now I really think we're starting to push the face now because all of a sudden they're bringing this up, right? Um, and With this and, and, you know, Shotgun, I think it's kind of all coming together to me is what I'm starting to realize, which is that mankind is definitely going to get that push. But um, what's funny is that Todd Pettengill is now backstage with Rocky Maivia. Let me ask you, Rocky, did the success come too soon? Now look it, I am not saying in the same year they did a double turn. Okay, that's not what I'm trying to say. That they did the Austin and Rock turn or Austin and Brett turn and then they did Rock and Mankind. But goddamn, at the same time they are trying to make because Rocky had that pissed off look on his face. He goes, oh, I wouldn't call it uh early success. You know, I, I got things to do, but you know, you're gonna see a different side of me. It, it was just a very different rock, and now we're having a, more, a little more sympathy to mankind. Just a slight other double turn match that maybe we didn't realize it was there in the year. I just flew under the radar. The match entirely flew under the radar to me. But what I thought was cool is that as The Rock goes to do... Well, first, by the way, earlier in the match, maybe about halfway through, he does a rock bottom on the steel ramp. No shit. First time he's ever done it. And they go, oh, God, what a move. Oh, my God, he hit his head on that. They didn't say anything about a rock bottom. They didn't call it anything. They've never said it. That's the first time I've seen him use it since we began doing this uh, look back. So then Rocky goes to do a crossbody off of the top rope. And as mankind catches him and does a reversal at the same time, Jams fingers in his mouth for the mandible claw. It was a
0: cool
2: reversal. Wins the match with the mandible claw.
3: Oh, awesome shit. end. Nice.
2: Yeah, so uh interesting. Very, very interesting. Then they show you that for just twenty dollars with shipping and handling, <laughs> you can get the Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. Um Austin 316 on a shirt, smoking skull in the back with Stone Cold's name in the middle. But oh my god, they are hawking the ever-loving piss out of this shirt on every Raw and pay-per-view
3: right now. Which is funny because I feel like the amount that you're seeing in the crowd, you really don't have to try hard to to hawk them at this point. They're selling themselves.
2: True, but, you know, also goes to show why everybody had it, too. You know, they were pushing it on TV, and people were definitely throwing their money that way. I mean, goddamn, $20 for a shirt? Can't get that anymore. I can't even get just a regular, like, white tee for that. Um Now we get the Nation versus Ahmed. So, of course, as we're getting started, you know, it's going to be the entire Nation coming down. You got uh, not only the three guys that he's going to face, but you got uh, D'Lo Brown, Clarence Mason, Shaggy Two Dope, and Violent J, or whatever they, those two rapping guys are. Um, I know it wasn't ICP. I yeah, know. I kind of figured, yeah.
0: Instead of booing, I just didn't Uh, say anything.
2: Oh, that's worse. (laughs) (laughs) Not acknowledging and ignoring me is half the problem with this relationship, ODM. (laughs) That's what my therapist says. No. Um, Monsoon comes down to ring, sporting a white jacket, by the way, and kicks out the rest of the nation, including Farouk and uh, Savio. Tells them everybody's got to go to the back. They didn't go to the back. They just all stood on the ramp. It's funny, he said you have to go to the back, go to the back, and they all stood on the ramp, and no one made a mention about how that was not well, far it's enough. it's the back but... of the arena, sort
3: of, right? Ish.
2: Uh, Crush goes for the heart punch, and Ahmed does a kind of almost like an AJ Styles kind of Pele kick reversal for the win. It was kind of interesting, thought that was good. So next, Savio comes out. Each match, by the way, win about 10. Crush and then Savio. And then Savio gets himself purposely D- DQ'd with using the chair because now that he has lost, well, now you get Farouk, right? Takes the sling off, comes down to the ring, and this is the man that I think we were all supposed to get from day one back in the summer of 96 when he kicked Ahmed in the ring, er, in the in the ribs, all the way back then. Um, he ends up winning, getting a pretty decent squash over Ahmed, several moves but it's the first time that we see him do and I think it was the dominator is that the name of his move yep. where uh lifts you up faceward then down to the mat. Oh,
3: he's been doing that. He's been doing that. No, so uh,
2: even on Raw here. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know yeah. it I yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he, that t- tells you how much maybe it's cuz he's doing it to someone of substance. That I'm finally seeing right. it. It wasn't a jobber. But that ends the whole thing. Nation, of course, gets to stay together. Uh they show an extremely horrible King of the Ring promo that involves <clears throat> Jerry Lawler, the devil, and Elvis. Okay. Okay, on to the next thing. We have Vader versus Shamrock. We get a pre recorded Vader promo. Basic things of, you know, everything that he's already said, I'll be a bully, I'll do what I want. You thought what I did in Kuwait is nothing, yada yada yada. Um, you can only win this match by KO or submission only. And they keep pushing the upcoming UFC pay-per-view like crazy. Um, the JR was going real hard on it. That even Jerry Lawler goes, you're not, you know, you don't work for them. You're not getting paid by them. Why, Why do you keep saying their name? I thought that was awesome. It was a pretty decent showing from Ken Shamrock overall. Slow match, uh, but he wins with the ankle lock. So the first time that he's going to take a win is with that ankle lock. Decent showing, you know, it was what I thought it was going to be. Um, for what 97 was, <clears throat> I found the excitement in it, if that makes sense. You know, I had to go back and remember, right. you know, to me right now, you put Shamrock and Vader in the ring at that kind of pace. Nowadays, we're all going to be like, oh, right. sing Kali versus great Kali. This is for what it was on par. 4.97. then Todd Pennegill interviews Stone Cold Steve Austin. His whole promo is basically about Undertaker for the title tonight, but also about the Heart Foundation. So now we get Austin versus the Undertaker. And boom. Now all of a sudden Heart Foundation wants to come down the ring. You guys bought tickets. you guys realize you missed most of the show and now you're only <laughs> coming for the main event? You guys didn't that wasn't smart, man. Just saying. Um What I love is that Austin and Taker just get face-to-face. No issue. Like, it was just... Most people think Austin versus Taker. They think SummerSlam 98, Highway to Hell, one of the very first times they really had a big face-off. Just cool to see him go face-to-face here, you know, and Austin not backing down. Um, Austin, low blows the Undertaker right in front of the ref. Earl Hebner. Right? But he doesn't DQ him. And they make mention, they go, maybe Earl realized because it's a WWF title match, you know, that it's important. Let's see where this happens. And as Austin is getting up, Undertaker low blows Austin. Nice. Giving him a quick receipt, which I thought was just really cool. I I didn't, dude, any of this match, I didn't know. But this sequence is just awesome. So. It was just a great spot, and then Austin starts getting really pissed off and getting gets in Hebner's face. Hebner pushes him down and flips flips him off, <laughs> and yells out loud, "Fuck you!" Completely unedited, on my version. I could guarantee Peacock does not have that. Out loud, f- two middle fingers down to Austin, screams, "Fuck you!" Awesome moment. Again, didn't know any of this happened. Um, Austin hits the stunner. We're about to have a brand new champion. Hebner, he's put his shit aside, right? And it's over. All that shit that happened. He's back to counting threes. Fair enough. One thing I got to say, back in 97, I'm noticing. You watch Hebner. Nowadays, everything is one, two, right? Back then, it was one, two. They were quicker
3: counts. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I kind of appreciate that. You know, you got to be on That's your game a little more it. with your kickouts. You don't
3: milk it; it makes the kickout even more impactful when you're counting that fast.
2: Exactly, because you got to be moving quick. Yeah, I hundred, but it's because they do. Yeah, let's not get into the fault of pins nowadays. Right. That <laughs> I'd be here until <laughs> right. tomorrow. Um, and just as he's about to get that three count, Brian Pillman. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Just as he's about to cover for the three count. The bell goes off. And even Hebner goes, What the fuck? Look over, and it's Brian Pillman hitting the ring bell. And they're like, Well, what the fuck, you know? And Hebner goes, It's gotta continue. Taker goes for the tombstone. A counter Austin counters the tombstone, goes to hit it, but god damn it! Taker reverses it one more time for the tombstone and the win. Awesome sequence to end, man. These guys, for a first time showing together, had instant chemistry, man. Again, why does this match not get talked about? Is beyond me. Yeah, very good moments, and it's
3: messed up too. Are they because you know, you know, they've, uh, I think I've heard both both of them talk about the fact that they both wrestled uh, several times on the indies before they became big in WCW or yeah, the WWE. So, yeah. Uh, Outstanding! Uh, if I missed this one. I, I I might go back just to watch the main event.
2: I think you absolutely should. Of all the things on this pay per view, that's the only thing in twenty minutes, max. I think that's all it is. Um, and then we also get a with that the Heart Foundation does a post match beat down right on Austin. Um, but then Austin wiggles his way out of it. They're also starting to fuck with Taker and beat him down too. And as Austin wiggles his way out, he gets over to Brett and just knocks him over in the wheelchair,
0: <laughs>
2: and that's it. That's how we end the pay per view. Now we go into Raw the next night, and it's it says that it is dedicated to Rose Anderson. No idea. No, I didn't have a picture. Just said dedicated in in Nothing letters. Out. Could be a production person. No idea. Didn't want to do any research because <laughs> I didn't want whatever. to look it
3: up. I just said I don't know that bitch. So I don't give a fuck.
2: Yep. Uh, this is in Newark, Delaware, and we getting, we are getting some pay-per view stills of last night because you know, if you didn't buy it, you're not gonna see any real live footage. And then we come out with the Hart Foundation at the top of the ramp and Brett, he says that he trusts these men with his life and <laughs> God damn it like clockwork. every week, I'm sorry. Brett <laughs> to Austin. You know
0: what? You are nothing but a dirty, stinking, low-down hyena. <laughs> I, I
3: I feel like I almost have the Rose Anderson thing here. Oh, so, really? I, I was all like, after oh, the oh. hyena
2: break. That's <laughs> that's nice. Okay. Well, and what, what what is that answer? Who's Rose Anderson? <laughs> I <don't
3: know>. oh. <laughs> I forgot about the hyenas, okay? Jay? Oh, well, all right. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. You know, Look, I at, thought I had it. I let me
0: say this it.
2: I'll stop playing that hyena sound bit when Brett <laughs> stops saying consecutively, week after week, that Austin is a, a hyena. <laughs> if he just stops saying it for one raw, even if he does it the following week, just one raw, I'll stop doing it, man. But. It's like every week they're like, and by the way, hit home He's a hyena. Got it. <laughs> right. Instead of make Roman look strong, make make Austin look like a hyena. Did you find yeah, out who that, this person thank is, God man? They didn't.
3: Uh, they think that it was uh, Vince's mother-in-law.
0: Oh wow! Or well, look at that friend, for Mother's Day. Or wow. A friend,
3: or a close friend of the McMahon family. Oh okay. Well.
2: Okay. That Thanks, Google. All right, well, you were on the right track. Uh, one of the best things up. is there was a sign in the audience the hearts are farts. Oh, God. No, oh, God, me, that that's a good sign, man. Yeah, if I, I could have made it, that a logo that for that the week. It.
3: Right? Nah, no, I'd I, <laughs> better heart, class so you than that. that
2: <laughs> I'd be like, can I please meet you all? <laughs> so then we get, uh, you know, Brett saying, you know, what kind of. Hero can pick on someone who's in a wheelchair talking about not only Stone Cold Steve Austin, but also Shawn Michaels. And he announces nothing. He said he had a big announcement and and everyone was going to be excited to hear it. And then he just goes, you know what? No, not going to do it. Basically, it's because the crowd is making him mad. Okay, cool. So now we are about to have our King of the Ring first round match. It is Hunter Hearst Helmsley taking on Ahmed Johnson. And also, the winner will be facing either Vader or Crush. And then we also, in the tournament for other matches that are a part of this uh, King of the Ring, now they're showing us the bracket, in first round matches you'll have Goldust versus Jerry the King Lawler and Mankind versus Savio Vega. So those matches, the winners of those will collide. China hits Ahmed Johnson with a chair and Ahmed Johnson wins. Defeating Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, in the 1997 King of the Ring qualifying match, Ahmed Johnson goes on. Yup. Yup. After that question I asked you earlier. Huh. This dude gets in somewhere. (laughs) Meh. Found that kind of impressive. I forgot all about the fact that he did not qualify in his first shot. That was some interesting shit.
0: Hmm.
3: Yup. Yeah, I wonder how that plays out. And then, you know,
2: Sonny is on a super-soak mission. Um, Sober sober during this. Um, Super-sober. I
3: thought you said super-soaker. That's why I got excited.
2: It is. It was a super-soaker, but it's also super-sober at this time. Oh, it's both. Okay. Yeah. And it's basically her and the headbangers looking to shoot each other with super-soakers. It was a stupid fucking promo and a waste of my time. Anyway. The next thing, we get Stone Cold Steve Austin in ring with a promo with Vince McMahon. And he says he will be champ one day. Um, Jim Ross even says it was a tremendous showing last night. No doubt in my mind he will be a future WWF champion one day down the road. Heart Foundation, uh, he thinks, is one big giant snake. This is Austin. He's saying that the Heart Foundation is one big giant snake and Brett, he, uh, Brett, he's the top of it. He is the head. And he goes, but you would think that I should go right to the head to kill the snake, right? Nah, uh, uh. I'm going to go straight to the ass. Brian Pillman. Awesome fucking promo. Damn, that was cool. Because obviously payback for what happened the night before. It was just, you know. Using the snake analogy and going the opposite, I'm going to go to the ass and I'm going to go to Pellman. It was just cool because he has a big beef to go with him, obviously, now, uh, costing him the championship. But he says he's going to take out every heart member if that's exactly what he has to do. The next match we get Leaf Cassidy versus a debuting Scott Putsky, son of Ivan Putsky. Yeah. Scott Putsky wins, and they said. We have big things to see from this guy. Future, future big star here in the WWF.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> Leaf
2: Cassidy snaps after the match. LOD defeat Shaggy Dude Two Dope and the other guy. Um I have trouble saying it because I always want to say what Eminem says, and then I'm gonna say it wrong. So I'm just I'm better off not saying it at all. Yeah, I just didn't let that one go. During the middle of this. JR says, on the 1-900 number, if you call in, I got news on Psycho Sid for you guys. Hmm. Whatever that's all about. Uh, and as you heard in the top of our Monday Night War segment here, you hear Paul Bearer make his official mention. Now, he is completely wrapped up with gauze on his face, except his eyes. Don't worry, you can see his eyes. Everything Those are fine. Skin around that, Fine. Everything else is apparently fucked. But he said, Taker, you should remember, and I think you should remember, and I will reveal the secret if you don't promise to come to the dark side and join me once again. We all know what this is all leading towards, Hell man. Yeah. We're almost the there. The secret. It's cool. It's just cool to officially see the beginning of that. Like I said, you know, when you don't remember how certain turns like i said we're beginning to see mankind turn if he's facing savio vega a heel in the nation we already know where things are going right now i'm like oh i can actually point my finger and say now i remember now where it was and that's cool you knew that when the arrival of is when paul bear starts dropping the hints here we are we are there man we're chugging along gets more and more exciting every week i gotta say i'm loving it especially now uh Jesus. Um, Farouk cuts a really hardcore promo with Vince in the ring and says, "I know all you want is a bunch of token black wrestlers for all the time," and starts la- naming all the posts or the the <laughs> past black wrestlers of the past JYD. in the WWF. Uh, oh, he named him uh Tony Atlas, Rocky named uh, everybody. You just needed your token wrestlers. Um, and says. That's all you wanted of the past, and and Vince. <clears throat> Don't you think this is just a bit racist? What? What the fuck did you just say? I think
3: that's what he he's just trying called. To say.
2: Right? I'm like, hang on, bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to use this as a lesson in 2022, right here. This is what to talk about. Are you serious? I have no idea why. I think this is racist. He just called you a racist, man. I know, right?
3: I think you got it backwards, man.
2: Just totally odd. Totally odd. So, from there, uh, Taker defeats Savio Vega by disqualification because the nation eventually comes out and does another beatdown with him. And that's how we're going off the air for Monday Night Raw. No, it's not. Jesus, where am I? Well, I just only turned a page.
3: I'm sorry. That seemed short, didn't <laughs> it? And that's where no, I turned the page for the rest of the notes.
2: No. My bad. I, I'm Bob Seeger. I turned the page. Here we go. <laughs> God. Raw continues. Are you ready? What year is this? Uh,
3: 1940.
2: Okay, dickhead. Here we go. <laughs> Your upcoming match. Is Rob Van Dam walking to the ring? His opponent jeff hardy holy shit hell yeah dude i go
0: what
2: like in 2001 they have an amazing feud for the hardcore title and shit this is cool like we're getting this now all right and uh the fink this was amazing he goes and hailing from
3: uh virginia jeff hardy (laughs) well they were jobbers at that point so It was just more funny that he goes, I
2: don't know where, uh, Virginia. Didn't even say a fucking town, bro. No town. No town. Thought that was great. (laughs) Uh, After that, um, Lawler is in the ring after RVD wins, which, by the way, does uh, Frog Splash off the top, but then also does the... What is it, the sunset flip in the in the corner where you put both thighs on the top rope and flip your body upside down after you
3: jump? Oh, uh, like a springboard moonsault almost.
2: Yeah, kind of like half starship pain, but less twisty. Right. Um, Lawler gets in the ring and says that this is the real and only wrestler of ECW. And RVD is on Lawler's side. And he said, from now on, Lawler's words, from here on out, you might as well just call this guy Mr. Monday Night. First time we are ever hearing the words Mr. Monday Night. Now, why is Jerry Lawler doing this? Well, you and I, I think we talked on the side, and I'm not sure if I've ever brought it up in this podcast, but there is something that's very, very near and dear to me as a certain pay-per-view that i somehow just got my hands on when i was younger and it was wrestlepalooza 97 from ecw and on this night shit went cray cray so i'm getting you the entire event it's the same weekend as king of the ring 97 i'll have you watch that as well okay jerry lawler will be there that's all i'm gonna say
3: right yeah yeah
2: good shit good shit um so it's just kind of odd that they're doing this whole thing that you know they're even posting this stuff on Raw having this match and him just shitting on ECW and RVD but they're putting him over just thought it was very odd uh but he did say that Lawler uh called Jeff Hardy a John Bon Jovi wannabe because of how his hair looked <laughs> Hardy laughed. Thought that was great. Um, Now we get part two of Dustin Runnels. And in a matter of a week, he went from kayfabe to real. You heard me say last week. Even he goes, no, this is real touching shit. Well, now that he's facing him in the first round of the King of the Ring, eh, that's out the window. They go... Uh, JR goes a real touching interview, and he uh, real emotional as you can see. He's crying here. Lawler goes, "What is he, a man or a sissy?" Well, one week to the other, talks a lot about being Dakota's dad and how important that is to be a father figure to him. Um, But still living in the shadow, and he still feels that he is that young boy seeking approval of his father. It was a really, really good uh, interview stuff that we've heard of, but it's the first time they're really putting it live on TV in WWE. And I want to say, he said last week he hadn't talked to his dad in I think two or three years. And that first part of the interview dudes want on, on TV at least 12 times a year because he does those pay-per-views. And I think he was doing like Saturday night or main event and shit like that back in the day. So he's in the business both are in the business same time, rivalrying companies, and they're not even talking to each other at all. Right. Crazy stuff. Um, so up next, we get Undertaker on the Titan Tron. And JR is asking him about the thing with Paul Bear, and he says, you know, some dark things should never <laughs> see the light of day. That was cool. Um, and then asked about Farouk. And he said he will lead on a soul to help him take out the nation. They go, well, who's he referring to? I don't know whose soul it is. I'm just going to assume Ahmed, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they've, done, sense. they've tagged with each other already. Right. And we already know. you know, we, Ahmed used to be in a gang, and he said that to McMahon. <laughs> so, and... <laughs> Anyway.
3: Ah, uh, Prozac. And-
2: now we get a four-way tag team elimination match. It is Owen Hart and the Bulldog defending the tag team titles against the Blackjacks, Furnace and LaFon, and the Headbangers. Owner the Bulldog retained. Yeah, I was going to say.
3: Guess who won? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Brett with the Hart Foundation. He's out on the ramp. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. He he goes all the way down to the ring, and he sends everybody in the Hart Foundation to the back. You guys got to trust me. I got this.
3: And that, folks, is where he went wrong. <laughs> I can picture this in my head, I know. I remember this one.
2: <laughs> so he is uh hang on, I, got, I got these fucking shitty jittery notes. Oh my god.
3: <laughs> you got a prescription there or notes?
2: Yeah, no, it's really bad, man. I told you how bad these these notes were here. Anyway, um he says, I'd like to call out the gutless poser, HBK, Shawn Michaels. And he said, the Americans and Shawn Michaels, they think they're better than everybody else. And he said, well, you screwed me at WrestleMania 12. Meaning, you know, the extra time on the right. match. He always liked to go back to that. It wasn't a 60-minute match. It was a 62-minute match. I love how he always said that. Um, and instead of facing him this year... He fakes an injury so he doesn't have to face me at WrestleMania again. Man, again, it's like, what's kayfabe? What's real? What's not? It's it's very hard shit. Like, And let me tell you, man, this is the most, I have to use the word because it's not him though, Austin, but it's the most stone cold looking face Michaels could be giving. He's just staring a hole in him. No smiles, no playing to the crowd. When I say putting eyes through Brett, he's looking at the mat as he's sitting in this wheelchair. And his fists are just completely cocked, looking pissed off. And calls him a self-professed degenerate. First time we're getting a degenerate word. Yep. Which I, I was like, I remember Brett bringing it up, but first time he's doing this. Bam! Goes off the air. La on.
3: Yeah. Hey. All right. Oh, Nikita Lions. <laughs> Jeez. <Jesus>. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> La Femme Nikita Lions. <laughs> um, yeah, man. You got to figure Triple H is gonna very quickly gonna be getting away from the Hunter Hearst Helmsley character, aligning with Shawn Michaels, and it can't be long before Rick Rude shows up.
2: Yeah. Well, the the formation of all that probably doesn't come until closer to the fall. Right. First, Hunter's got to become the king of the ring. Right. I don't know how he's going to do that. I don't know. I know. Bang a daughter.
0: Uh, oh, yeah.
2: But it just went off the air, and it sucks, because if you watch the Greatest Rivalries DVD that I've always talked about, that documentary, Sean took that to heart because he knew. Because what they're going to reveal next week, no real fucking big thing, Brett stands up in front of this wheelchair, and Michaels gives him sweet chin music, and he falls backwards (coughs) to the ground Yep, over the chair. This happens right after this, 10, 15 seconds after. That's what I was remembering.
3: That's what I remember seeing. I didn't realize it got cut off on the broadcast.
2: They show you on Raw, but they also show you, I believe it was on Superstars and Action Zone, because I remember being like, what the fuck, myself, and, and tuning in to see what was happening, and they showed you there. Um, but Sean was pissed at Brett for that. He was like, "You knew, and you went over in the time. You kept talking and talking, and you kept elaborating, talking on this, touching on that." And he goes, "And that was my chance to to go over, and you went off looking like you're just completely shitting on me, and I never got one word in." But that's how we went off the air. And I was like, "Well, let's." I get both sides, you know. It's yeah, it's crazy. Sense. Um, but you're on a time constraint, and what's funny is that this may be one of the very last times I think we ever go off the air with an issue like that, because now this is where I think raw is going to start going over. I remember mm-hmm. Vince is like starting to test his time going over at like 10 Oh one, 10 Oh two, 10 Oh three, like really pushing. And this is going to happen now because there was, it would have been a tremendous thing to see live on TV. Everybody would have popped. Everybody pretty much knew by Monday. If you just were able to watch some of the other shows, right? But that's how we go off the air again, a beautiful time for you to be off a one hour <laughs> nitro Yippee-ki-yay. What I found very interesting, this past week, AEW was in Baltimore, Maryland. And at the same time that I end up watching this, this Nitro is in Baltimore, Maryland. Just funny timing, man. I'm like, is Tony Khan going, well, where were they going back then, too? (laughs) Fuck, let's see what else they were doing. (laughs)
3: Right. I wouldn't put it past him.
2: It opens up with Michael Buffer in the ring, asking the fans if they're ready. They're ready. That's it. He was just getting everybody amped up for Nitro. That's what he used him for. Yup. But I also think this may have been a recorded show. I think that they recorded a couple of these one-hour shows together, and that was probably why this was used. I'm just assuming. Not 100% sure. I could go back and look, but again, I didn't care. Um, It starts with Macho Man on the way to the ring, and he says, I want DDP, brother, brother, brother. And on commentary, they let you know that tonight, Sting, is in the ring with Eric Bischoff for a face-to-face interview. Hmm. Hmm. Opening contest, we have Whovie versus Ultimate Guerrero. Or, I'm sorry, Ultimate uh, Dragon. My bad. Um, I can't read my shit. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate Guerrero. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's all of the Guerrero family, guys? Anyway.
3: Wait, is it Ultimate Jesus. Guerrero or is it Ultimo Guerrero?
2: This has an E (laughs) shaped like an O. That's O like in possum? (laughs) Okay, so Ultimate Dragon defeats Hoovy. On the way to the ring, Regal cuts a promo in the corner about their upcoming match because they're going to be facing each other at the pay-per-view this coming Sunday at Slamboree. Up next, we get Flair, Piper, and Green again for a promo in the ring again. This time it's inter- it's interrupted with some black and white uh, promo in the back with Outsiders and Six. They're saying that they are not even there. They're already in Vegas and waiting for them to all show up, we're, or wherever the paper I think they said it. I think Vegas. it is Vegas, yeah. And we're waiting for you, boys. Come on over. Um and hang on i got to make sure i get this
3: <laughs> stuff happens and, and then... don't forget
2: Yeah, go fuck yourself <laughs> hall says and hey piper i have an all you can eat buffet down here they go where and he goes down here oh or down there whatever, you know down there yeah it was fucking awesome it was a great i butchered repeating it so you know whatever but this sunday their match is officially no DQ for the six-man match. Yay. Alright. Up next, we get Superstar Wrestler of the Year, Steve Mongo McMichael, taking on Dean Malenko. In this match, the referee goes down. Mongo uses... Oh, my God. His briefcase. Get the fuck out of here. No way. Until Reggie White comes out, tries taking him out, tries giving him a body splash, and... This body splash. Uh Reggie White's dick landed on Mongo's furthest shoulder. It was the worst botched body splash that you could have done from standing above someone. All right. You know so what I mean? Like
3: so Mongo was a better it's Stomach to stomach. States.
2: Yeah, well, you know. We're we're grasping here. Uh Scotty Riggs versus Wrath. Manager officially names uh him, this, as Wrath. As it's the yeah, guy that has been coming yet. out each week. We knew it was going to be Wrath, but this is the official name of him. Um, Glacier comes out from the ramp and just looks at him and leaves. That's it. No Mortal Kombat dance. No blue lights. Looks and leaves. What a stellar bitch. shit. This was a good one. The humorous one Hugh Morris tags with Conan to take on Ice Train and Alex Wright. Uh, Do you remember right. them being a tag team? Yeah, sure was. Because Alex Wright feigns an injury during this match and turns heel. And it's the first time that we get Das Wonder Kids dance. You know, the, uh, the, the young bucks tend to make fun yeah. of it too a little bit. They did during the stadium stampede. All of a sudden Alex right turned heel and that's the first time we're getting this uh this thing. I always love the thing of when Paul Heyman does that interview back in when they're like is Nitro going to be able to beat Raw in the ratings or whatever and he goes, "No, I can see them in the back right now. Flair saying, "Let's turn everybody. Let's turn Alex right heel so I can fuck all the 19-year-old girls." <laughs>
3: it's
2: hysterical. <laughs> yep. And you see Mick Foley there just laughing cuz this is pre-WWF days. By the way, Alex Wright turns heel. How fucking awesome is that? Paul Heyman predicted that. Wasn't a prediction. It was a spoiler, folks. That's why he's the GOAT. Yeah. So that was the end of that. That was just an odd pairing, odd matchup, and then all of a sudden, Alex Wright is now heel. Thanks for that. Um, Now they start showing you stuff about last week, but all of a sudden, Piper is getting jumped by the Wolf Pack. They weren't even all the way at the arena yet. They were there. They... They faked you. They got you, trickery of video. Now the main event for the the evening, everything we've all been waiting for. Eric interview. Eric Bischoff is here to interview. Stang <laughs> <laughs> interviewed Stang until Stinger shows up, chases him off. Gives the Scorpion Death Drop to Stang, and that's the end of Nitro. God, man, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because they were strapped at the one hours, man. The last two weeks have not been fun for me to watch. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm trying, really, really, really trying, and it's not me just being completely biased to the Heart Foundation summer shit, but I got to be honest with you, they're not doing well over here, and I think I was making a bold choice back then, and I made the right one.
3: Though, well, the thing is, it ultimately doesn't really get any better from here. You know? That's the sad part. Yeah. Because pretty soon we're going
2: to get the guy that bumps his head on the wall before every match.
0: Mm hmm.
3: (laughs) Yay. I'm excited to see that.
2: Well, here's the thing, man. It's (laughs) 1997 that we're talking about. Do you think this could have been the greatest year in wrestling? Maybe not. Maybe it was. Let's find out because it's a motherfucking top topic.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for...
1: Answers, I change the questions.
0: I did it for the rock. This week's top topic. You know something, me, Gene? Just see. Wrestling's not free. <laughs> the Rolex wearing one Diamond ring wearing what? one Kid stealing? Woo! Wheeling dealing? What? Limousine light! One Jet flag! One Son of a gun? Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you're.
2: following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you are listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter or even them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com as always they do appreciate all feedback and continued support at the end of the day they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die and now this week's top topic all right let's see so vince mcmahon senior started with the wwf so let's go all the way back from then and we can count down from there what do you think odm sounds good to me (laughs) Look, at, I, I really – I had to debate how I wanted to do this. You guys know I'm the professor. I like to make lists. That's, you know, surprise I'm not, you know, the lister. The but We'd have some weird names that came off of that. Anyway, um, I wanted to, to make this as a list, but it's kind of hard to say, well, this one is better than this because any one of the years eventually – Kind of like you always say, they can flop one to the other when we do a lot of these lengthier lists. So I've kind of grouped things into time and... Yeah, tiers as to levels of how well they did. Now, what's based on this? Well, we're talking your ratings, your merchandise sales, your pay-per-view sales, audience interaction. You know, were they into it? Were they not? Looking at really just your storylines, everything overall. Could it get any better? And that's what you got to look at to see what is the greatest year for WWE or WWF as it was. So here's 35 of the last years. You're so good looking. So here's the last I'm 35 sorry. years. I had to. <laughs> now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It throws me off every time. I goddamn love that one. I had to sneeze, folks. It happens. Now, what I found funny is I, I had to kind of put these in tears, as you said. But I had to decide to color coat them. I decided to color coat the worst ones in brown. I thought that was fun because, you know, pretty
3: shitty years. Uh, I'll give you that. that was a, a for effort.
2: Now, the worst year in wrestling, to me, this is, again, as we always say in the beginning of our thing, you know, it's completely, you know, we made this topic and, you know, we stand by it, but everybody's going to have their own opinion. You guys are going to be able to make your own list. For what I think is the greatest year, I think we can probably come close at maybe seven or eight out of 10 people may come close to agreeing. What's the worst year? Well, shit, that could be up for debate by anybody, I just depending on what you didn't like the most, right? Pretty much. Well, why I call 2021 the absolute worst year ever. Is you came back from a pandemic, it was like having a clean slate. All you need to do is just do some some easy th- shit, throw some peanuts at them, make them happy, and you couldn't even do that. I mean, your first big pay per view back, WrestleMania, you had the Fiend lose. Um, I mean, countless amount of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just they went backwards and it sucked. The year before that, or it was 2020, the pandemic. Just a shitty year, man. Everything sucked. There's nothing you could do about it. Um, I wish I could say the same for 1995 and 1996. There was no pandemic, but it was just a character based year where they had plumbers, uh, you know, Hunter Hurst Helmsley being the the blue blood, you know, which is, you know, kind of overdone at that time. But this is the time that Hogan's gone. Brett is gone for a good chunk of some of these uh, this time as well for 96. 95, were leaning on Diesel as your champ. 96 is Sean as your champ. Just, they it, weren't their better years.
3: Yeah, the only thing that's good about those years is it's when WCW started to show out and forced WWF to start making changes. It's really the only good thing about those years. 100%. And that's, yeah, and in
2: last year, when we were doing our look back, we kept saying, man, yo, Nitro's
0: killing
2: it in this, man. I can't believe all this. And Raw was putting out, you know, Mankind versus The Goon. So, fair to God say goodness. where this thing is ranked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, after that, you know, we have uh, another thing that didn't make the cut. Yeah, another year that's not your greatest year is 2007. It started good, you know, with the Royal Rumble, but then I got to be honest, Chris Benoit's, the whole tragic events, all of that, put an entire damper on the year and everything had to go strict PG and they were kind of not knowing what to do with things. So it was kind of a trial run year and they were trying a lot of things out and things were not sticking quite well. And that's why people were waiting for someone like Chris Jericho to come back, which took him till nearly 2008 to finally come back They that he came back to save us, right? He was the savior. Well, we needed him faster than that. Hmm. 1993, Oh, God. You know, we, we tried pushing Yokozuna as far as we could. And uh, Hogan, this is the the beginning of all the steroid trial. He had to get himself out of there. It was just not a good year for WWF in that time. The next set of tier here, you got 2016, 18, 19, and 2017. All of these years, to me, reek of the same thing. It was the same thing pushed over and over, where you had Roman and Lesnar, Roman and Triple H, um, it yep. was the same retired shit over and over. You had a couple of good glistening moments in there. You had the man, you had Ronda Rousey, You had some good stuff, right? But then the bar. let's look at the bar, right? Good stuff. Right. But then you also had Kurt Angle's farewell in 2019 against Baron Corbin. You could have had Yikes. Joe, you could have had AJ Styles, you get anybody at WrestleMania, right? It's decisions that you made. That why things went downhill in some of these years, you got to remember, again, we're talking your merch sales, your ticket sales. How did things look right? They were not doing stadiums in 1995. They were barely filling out the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany. So the next tier you have 1987. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a transitional year. I feel like we just got started with Hulkamania. We're getting things going. Uh, WrestleMania is becoming a bigger thing, and so is WWF, and now we're starting to test out our younger guys and their smaller talent, like Macho Man, Ricky Steamboat. Good stuff, getting better. Not as bad as some of the shit like your Doink the Clown years, but still uh, uh, not as good as what is to come. 2015, I think. uh, 2015, I feel like, had, and 2010, both had some great opportunities, some good moments, but just weren't capitalized. In 15, you had the return of Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble and they it out that horrible Royal Rumble that could have been so much better and they booed the entire time for Roman to win. Even Rock couldn't save it. We yep. had some good matches in 15 that I can't say the whole year was a total disgrace. There were some good moments, you know, Undertaker having a comeback, getting to face Lesnar again, and that's where we got that tremendous meme of a moment with Undertaker laughing at Lesnar the (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha 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 Um nineteen ninety two You know everybody your most let me ask you, what's the most memorable moment you can think of in WWF from nineteen ninety two? Uh
3: I'm not good at these games.
2: You're not okay. Nineteen (laughs) ninety two would be your Royal Rumble.
3: Rick Flair would Oh Flair, yeah, okay.
2: Kinda went all downhill from there. Yeah. You had you decided to do the total opposite. That could have been Hogan and Flair. And yeah. you went Flair and Savage and Hogan and Sid because that's what the people wanted. I can't and lay down, And then brother. when he went off... Yeah. And then when he went off to go do Suburban Commando and Mr. Nanny, we were stuck with horrible stuff of uh, the returning un- uh, Ultimate Warrior now spewing out random shit from Jake the Snake. It, everything was not up to par. And by the yeah. end of the year... Flair's going to leave the company, so is uh, Hogan, within a couple of months. And that's why we now officially put the title strap on Bret Hart in October of 92. Just wasn't one of their better years. It was one of their transitional years. We're trying things out. Some of the spaghetti stuck. The pan did not. <laughs> Here's another tier of, I think they were good years. Had some good moments. Again, not some of your better ones. 1990. I mean, great, you got the torch passing with Warrior and Hogan, uh, some great tag team title matches with Heart Foundation and Demolition. Uh, we, we did see the, you know, rise of earthquakes, some good things, right? Hogan and that real sad, real American song, some good things, but not a lot that's going to make your pay-per-view sales skyrocket. Uh, 2006, to me, has always been kind of one of those other transitional years. It was they thought Cena could keep going and he tapped out Triple H at WrestleMania and, and people booed the fuck out of it. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's not what we really want. <laughs> but later in that year, we did get some cash ins and in, in newer things with the money in the bank. So, you know, we had good things on the horizon. Uh, 2014. So many ups, so many downs. Daniel Bryan wins the title. CM Punk left WWE. Brock Lesnar uh, defeats the streak. Undertaker goes away for a while. uh, Sting returns, gets injured, a lot of random shit. You know, up, down, up, down, up, down. It was just one of those mid-transition years, which is funny why it came in roughly at number 19 out of 35. Kind of makes that exact trend. Uh, 2008, good years. Jericho came back, and there were some good moments, but wasn't your... uh, I... (laughs) Wasn't a trend-setting pay-per-view year. They were using the Viper, Randy Orton, a lot, which was great. Uh, but Cena got injured, and, I, and it actually did, unfortunately, hurt some ticket sales. Nineteen eighty-eight was big because now we're seeing the formation of the Mega Powers, and they're going together against Davey Ossie and all of his guys. So you got to get the pay per views where Zeus is in there. Uh, you got to have uh, the the Summer Slams, all all, all the where you know was Brutus and Hogan. Dear God. Uh, anyway, my point is <laughs> yeah, that you had right. a lot of big shit going on in 88. In the 91, we're starting to see the push of single guys like Bret Hart getting the world, uh, the Intercontinental title against uh, Mr. Perfect. We talk about that being a big moment. Hogan came back to steal uh, the spotlight from Warrior because he couldn't carry the torch, so he took the title back in 91 and uh, beat Slaughter, and they went on to have all that shit. And it worked out great because look at By SummerSlam 91, Warrior's like, I'm not even going out for this match unless I get paid this. (laughs) And after it was all over, you're fired. (laughs) Moving right along, 2005, 2003, both kind of the same things. You know, we're – what more can you really say that we haven't really already said? It's transitional kind of years, but for the years that are before and after. Some good moments. 94, I thought we had some really good moments. You had the push of – Owen, and the the push of – uh Brett with Lex Luger uh, you know heading into WrestleMania. Bretton Owen with the the steel cage match. Where's Undertaker? We'll have to find out. Diesel is now getting pushed as an Intercontinental Champion, pushing or getting stepped away from Shawn Michaels. Good year. It was a good push this year. Uh 2002. This is your first WWE unopposed year, right? We don't have Nitro uh, against them. And I think they went pretty solid. You had the uh Bringing in of Eric Bischoff, the Elimination Chamber. Uh, We we saw a lot of big things, including the push of one Brock Lesnar in this year. So 2002 was a year of beginnings, I think. And you had the first ever draft in that year. A lot of big Mm -hmm. things were happening. And that came in at 12, if I had to put the ranking out there. Um, But, you know, the next tier that I want to talk about, you have 2009, 2004, 2011 2013 and 2012. Let me start with 2011, 2012 and 2013. Those years right there, they were hot. You had Punk with the pipe bomb. You had Daniel Bryan getting the most natural push that you could actually get. The formation of the Shield. Natural push of Ryback. People are actually in a weird way cheering John Cena for some reason. Um The Rock is actually officially returned to WWE after so many years. Uh, Chris Jericho is here. We're getting also the debut of the Wyatt family. A lot of big things. And not only that, we also get the birth of NXT. It doesn't really fall in WWE categories, right? But in a way, it kind of does. Big things are beginning around this time. And I think that rivals around the time with 2009 and 2004. 2009, that's huge. That is Taker and uh, uh. Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. You have Orton becoming your world champion and holding it throughout most of 2009. Edge, Hardy gets his his world title reigns in here. CM Punk becomes a heel champion. It's a lot of big things. 2004, man, that's Eddie and that's Chris becoming your world champions, closing out WrestleMania. Both have big storylines with their titles. One with JBL, the other one leading to Randy Orton. The year capping off actually with one of the more decent Raw vs. Nitro Survivor Series back then when it actually meant something with those drafts. So, the final tier you have 2000, 1997, 1998, and 1999. So I guess I just did that wrong. 97
3: through 2000. <laughs> you did. I didn't want Jesus. To, yeah, the, I, I read but, it wrong, but, but whatever. But you want it in order. You want you're just specifying what order they're in. I had yes, to. It is. It is that um, run. You know, because I mean,
2: 2000, there were a lot of you know good moments, but there was a lot of bad downs when you look at some of the things that WWE is producing. Well, you we've know? talked I mean, about it. Yeah. Yeah. The. the F the Attitude Era episode is a good thing to go back and take a listen to if you know exactly what we're talking there about. There you go. Way to plug the show. Um, 97 was the beginning of the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. I personally think it's the beginning of the Attitude Era, but they didn't dub it attitude until Brett was out the door yep. and McMahon, you know, declared the the official war at that point and saying that we have attitude. We have attitude. I always <laughs> like how Paul Heyman made fun of that. From there, we have 98. I mean, it's a huge year. It's beginning the best year for, one of the bigger years for WWE with um, Austin on the rise with that in 99, right? It's huge years. Ticket sales are going through the roof. But the best year of all time, honestly, if you haven't already figured it out by now, it's the one year I haven't mentioned. And I think it's kind of hard to disagree with this when you look at ticket sales, merch sales. And to be honest with you, when you defeat your opponent, that you buy them out, yeah, I'm going to call that a pretty goddamn good year because now you get to play with all those guys and do whatever you want to. That's right, 2001. Let me quickly run down some stats to close out this top topic for you, man. Um, just a couple of notable things. You got in January, Austin officially comes back and wins his Royal Rumble, getting his redemption from after being run over the year and some change prior. The next month, we get that unforgettable match with him in Triple H in the three stages of hell. Also, in that same night at No Way Out, Rock and Angle have a great match. Rock gets the title. Now we're officially going to get, oh, look at that, Austin and Rock, too, at WrestleMania. Which we've all said, greatest WrestleMania probably of all time, you know, when it comes to everything, top to bottom on the card. And it was when we did our our ranking itself. And this is absolutely one of the most anticipated bouts of all time and in that night you also got TLC 2 let's not forget about that later on that year we're also going to get a TLC 3 live on tv on Smackdown for the tag team titles all the same three guy uh, three teams plus Jericho and Benoit but also that's where we begin the two-man power trip you got Austin and Triple H aligning themselves before the the first initial quad injury Um, And that was big, man, because they were feuding with the Brothers of Destruction. All the gold between four big guys. And if Triple H didn't go out, man, that was huge. It was just a lot of big stuff going on. and, And it's sad to think because Triple H didn't get to be a part of what's next, the invasion angle. Because after Booker T has now fucked over Austin against The Undertaker for the WWE title, We get Invasion in June, where we get a five-on-five match, and Austin deflects to the WCW team. Later, we get the emergence of ECW, and we find out that Shane and Stephanie purchased it. All right, we went a little far south. I'm not saying everything was fucking awesome this year, but, you know.
3: (laughs) There was no perfect year.
2: Sure. Thank you very much. That is the best thing you could have said. We should have opened with that. Look at guys. There are no perfect years. Um, but notably, man, that King of the Ring, uh, you had Austin versus Benoit versus Jericho for the main event, but also not only did Kurt Angle compete a couple times in the King of the Ring qualifying or the King of the Ring matches to let Edge go on and win, but also he had that banger of a street fight match with Shane McMahon where they just couldn't get the goddamn glass to break.
3: (laughs) Oh, I dropped down your head and the glass didn't break. Let's try again.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> Do it again. I try once. I'm calling it. We're calling it right there on the spot. Can you guys use CGI at all? Dad. Draw drop him Right strings. on his
3: heed.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, man. So then we had in August, you had the SummerSlam, and it was great. You had uh The Rock versus Booker T for the WCW title, and you had Kurt Angle versus Steve Austin for the WWE title, and... and Mentioned earlier, RVD and Jeff Hardy in a, in a ladder match for the Hardcore title. Here we're talking about him in 97. Here we are in 2001 having this match on the mainstream on one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year. Uh, then they had No Mercy, Austin versus Angle versus RVD. RVD was getting so much love, he had to get inserted into the title picture. And it looked for a chance that, because he is also a part of the alliance group that Austin is with. Man, what if he takes the title? Oh shit. But now uh Angle actually ends up winning the WWE title beating Austin at the following pay-per-view. Then we get what everybody remembers. Only one remains McMahon of course. The five on five Uh, WCW or Invasion team or the Alliance team versus WWE at Survivor Series ends with WWE taking the win. And you would think that, man, that's how the year caps off. We got one more fucking dinger for you, man. We have an Undisputed Championship tournament that happens in one night where Chris Jericho becomes the first ever Undisputed champ. That's right. Hell of a year. Man, this year also had your Angle and Benoit feud. Several pay-per-views where they had uh ultimate submission matches or uh, two out of three falls matches cage matches huge feud that year we also had the year of celebration right like i already said you know you beat your competition and you could have laid back and didn't really have to do much but you, they went pretty balls to the wall for 2001 i thought um, kind of almost they went stronger than ever at this point point. and the people that they were introducing pushing more with booker t rvd all right, you didn't do the great as a DDP, but you know they're at least giving a try for all the guys that they did inherit with this purchase of WCW. We even get to see the splits of tag teams like Edge and Christian going their own ways and seeing the singles push of Edge in this year. Building a lot of new stars, merch obviously going through the roof. This is where I leave it for you, man. Think about just the names on this roster alone just in one year's time. Angle, Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Taker, Kane, Benoit, Jericho, Booker T, RVD, the, Hard- the, uh, the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edging Christian, Big Show, Kane. And it concludes at the end with, And the consortium, woo was me! Ric Flair shows up at the end of the year too, becomes general manager of Monday Night Raw. I mean, not a bad year. Not a bad, it's a good change. It was a good good,
3: change. That's a good trick.
2: I I just got to say, for real, I I know that was kind of a long-winded way to say of what 2001, to go through all the shittier years and break down why it wasn't it, and then to really get into why 2001 was it, but need I say more, really. It was a tremendous year. You could put on any Raw during that time, any pay-per-view, You probably will not be disappointed. You'll be entertained at at least seventy to eighty percent of that show, again. And everything was a home run. And every year was the best. (laughs) Nothing was flawless. It was good enough.
3: Your list was shite.
2: (laughs) Oh man!
0: Just
3: kidding. Your mama shite. (laughs) Your mama was an astronaut. (laughs) Mother's too dumb to be an astronaut. Look it. If me saying that your mama is an
2: astronaut, if that bothers you, look it, it's just me saying it's another way of me saying that your mama's just fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Look it, in a couple of weeks we'll have more top topics. We're gonna be talking finishers, we'll be talking submission specialists, the rise and fall of the WWF and WWE anti-Americans is gonna be coming in right around the fourth of July. I thought that's kind of a, a funny thing to talk about. You're welcome. But of course, next week we will be back. Not only will we have a good movie of the week, we'll have good shit from The Nightwing. Why are you shaking your head? What is that? I didn't choose the movie next week, did I? Why are you shaking
3: your head? <laughs> no, It's a goddamn stampede that keeps going by the office. Did you guys, like, inherit 16, like, pigs and rhinos
2: to run through your house no. in the last day that I didn't know? It's a dog and a kid.
3: That's <laughs> Who's it? chasing who? Does it matter? They're fucking
2: loud. <laughs> I hope they both bite each other. All right, thanks so much for listening to the top of wrestling. We'll be back next week at Wednesday at noon. You know that, and if you know how this show likes to leave you, I bid you a farewell. ODM leaves you with just four words:
3: Good to be back. This is one time you don't want to avoid the clap. Jimmy. By <laughs> the way, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's Lou? <Luke? laughs> God,
2: I know we've done that movie, but that's it. There's so many good. Dude, every time. Oh, alright, I'm gonna back up. So I was gonna do Oscar. That movie yeah, Oscar. I saw- <laughs>
3: So, do you even know what that movie is? It's Sylvester Stallone. He's like a gangster, but it's a comedy or some shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's like the
2: most Abbott and Con- Abbott and Costello bit you could ever have because there's multiple people named the same thing, and everybody's getting all confused and shit. Horrible movie. It's a step up from Stopper. My mom will shoot, but still lower than everything else. <laughs> okay. However, um. I was about to go switching and fuck with you. I was going to be like, we got to talk about a real movie, real serious movie. And, you know, police get a lot of slack and blah, blah, blah. And I was going to start leaning like it was almost training day and then just spin into police academy to be an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I would have respected
3: that. I'm like, am I hearing yelling? It's not bad yelling. They're just loud. No,
2: I just, I I, know. I was like, but I hear something. I'll fucking murder you.
0: (laughs) 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 You must be out of your goddamn mind.